Monty. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're here and happening. It's the biggest episode of the year. The last episode of ELC in 2022. Can you believe it? Holy moly. The biggest episode of the year. And we are listening to GLC. glad to have you especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run or even if you're just recovering from the eggnog overload or some sort of uh carpal tunnel egg uh, uh, gift unwrapping injury Wh- whatever the case we're gonna be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week. This week, we're determining our list of champions. And it comes to you absolutely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their holiday spirit, their spirit of giving brings the show to you completely free. In exchange, they get some cool stuff, ladies and gentlemen. They get video versions of the show on demand. They get ad-free episodes in their RSS feed. And they, at a certain tier, get bonus content like gifts underneath their holiday tree. You've got spoiler chats. Like the God of War Ragnarok spoiler chat we did not too long ago. You've got the paid DLC midweek extravaganza. This week, we did the holiday spectacular featuring not one Bashinsky, not two Bashinskis, but all the Bashinsky siblings, Lana, her twin sister, her brothers, her husband. It was a holiday party, the likes of which, frankly, this podcast has never experienced, ladies and gentlemen. And on top of all that, patrons get feeling this. The show that Christian Spicer and Alex Solman do. This week, they're talking about QTEs. Oh, my goodness. You don't want to miss all that. And you can get, you can be part of it. You can get all of that in your stocking. And make sure this show continues into its 10th year by going to patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, oh my gosh, this show, the flagship show, DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. And it is the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who is the enemy of best, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. You're the favorite around. I mean, that's a catchy song someone should do, I think, like, you know, uh... You're about to get into a big fight. You're you're the favorite. Oh, you're the favorite this round. That, okay. That's pretty I good. Friend, I just thought of that. I had a friend who legitimately thought that song was, you're the best. 
in town. Like, <laughs> like if you went to the next town over, you're, you know, you're, you're probably not the best there, but. I mean, that's how I was in Street Fighter and my town, I was the best. Then it went online. <laughs> right. Speaking of, I got my, my kit on and then I, it went online and it was like, you suck. <laughs> You suck at Street Fighter. <laughs> this, this is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is my favorite episode of the year. Every year we do DLC. This is it. This is the one. This is the one where we pick our favorites of the year. Oh, crap. I'll be right back. <laughs> unprepared. Unprepared, Christian, as always. <laughs> Christian thought this was just a normal episode. No, nothing normal about it. In fact, it is so not normal, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to have the one guest on this show that gets their own introductory theme song. Who's that coming on the podcast today? Tower Mina, ladies and gentlemen. It is I. I have arrived. You're back. You're back, back to save us from ourselves as usual every year. Thank you for being with us, Anthony. Thank you for being our yearly addition to the favorite episode, favorites of the year episode. It's a, you know, it's I look forward to it every year. It's a it's a great time. I am the antithesis of Christian in that I love the end of the year, like going through my favorite movies and TV shows and I don't know, favorite meals I had that year. I don't know. Make a list. Lists are fun. Lists are fun. Oh, I love lists and I okay, love that I you like said ranking favorites. Things. I like so ranking the, things. You can't walk. That podcast does not lie. We all heard you. You I are like on the same things. page. We all are I rank, in. I uh, rank my children. That's why I only had one. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, if you're watching on the video version, we're all in our festive sweaters. Look at this. I got the Beholder. The Beholder. Street Christian's Fighter. got Street Fighter. I have, and I have Clippy. Clippy. That's so, so good, uh, Anthony. You it's also a VO for some reason. I, I got a Hades Yule Log, which I never heard of before, but it's a, a video game, apparently. So You never heard of Yule Log? Oh, they're making a second one. Yule <laughs> uh, Log 2? making a second Yule Log? <laughs> Boy, that thing was going to burn. I thought it was going to burn forever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let me explain to you, ladies and gentlemen, why this episode is so great, especially if you are joining us for the first time. Welcome. Thank you. Here's the thing about the end of the year. Uh, there are countless other video game podcasts and websites that will give you their top tens of the games that came out in 2022. This is common. I'm sure you've seen numerous top tens. Exactly, Christian. Christian's giving the old thumbs down. Top tens, we say, too easy. Too easy. You got 10 slots to fill with games. Oh, yeah, anybody can do that. What, what if I told you here at DLC, we challenge ourselves to come up with a top five? That's right. It's cutthroat. It's brutal. Only the best of the best can make our top five lists of the year. And then we're going to do another five. That other five is not six through 10. No, no, no. It's even better than six through 10. It's a list of hidden gems of dark horses of, of special games. 15. 
It's 10. <laughs> We're just going to skip five. <laughs> we do one through five and then... <laughs> then, then, then we do the bottom 100. <laughs> 95 to 100. <laughs> We're going to do number 27, number 34, number 52. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. My 32nd favorite game of this year. It was a close one, Jeff, between 32nd and 33rd, which you, I will not tell you. What my no, no, we're not covering was. those. We're not talking about those numbers. Not interesting. No, we're doing, we do our, our hidden gems, our dark horses, five games that deserve to be talked about again that probably won't make most people's top tens of the year and yet still deserve a little, little shine at the end of the year on DLC. We're also... We're also going to be talking about the top stories of the year. We do a story of the week here on DLC every week. We're going to do story of the year, as we often do in this episode at this time. Uh, And as we joked at the beginning of the show, we're not allowed to say best. Christian, years ago, put his foot down. The one thing that Christian said, you know what? You shall not pass. And I, you know, I, as little as I respect Christian, I had to respect that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to explain to you exactly why we say favorite and not best, the lyrical wizard, the music, musician of all musicians, our friend Sean Madigan has this little ditty for you. That's right. Based on an incomplete sampling, we have not played every game that came out this year, but our own personal favorites, that's what we're going to mark down. You're going to, you're going to hear our personal favorites. By the way, Sean Madigan, thank you so much. As always, it's always fun. The uh, Anthony Taormina song, the game of the year song, uh, composed, performed by Sean Madigan and his family. And they also do a holiday song every year, year, an original holiday song. We put it in the end of the episode last week. But if you'd like to check it out, you can find it on their website alongside a lot of other cool original music. Madigan.me. It's M-A-D-I-G-A-N.me. Uh, visit it. Get some great music. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Sean and his family for that. All right, fellas. Let's start talking about the stories of the year. As I always do around this time, I listened back to our episode last year at this time. And uh, we were saying <laughs> the story of the year for 2021. Uh, I, I, I started off the episode saying the story of the year for 2021 is the same as the story of the year for 2020. And that is COVID. Uh, and the uh, supply chain delays. And we all uh, speculated as to whether that would still be the story of the year in 2022. And I, I think we can't deny that it's still a significant part of the story. There's still a lot of supply chain issues, still hard for people to get consoles and, and hardware of all kinds. I think obviously less than than it was at that time. We were looking down the barrel of Omicron starting up, if you can even remember that, that time. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's worth uh, being a little grateful that I feel like some of that has lessened. It's certainly 
you know, the pandemic is still wrecking havoc with large parts of the world and is certainly a, a health risk for, for many, many people. But um, I guess it's good that we're not sitting here a third year in, the, in a row going, that's the undeniable still biggest story of the year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, for better or worse, it's become a below the fold yeah. story. It, yeah. Which below the fold is when newspapers were newspapers were things that when news was uh, printed instead of doom scrolled past. <laughs> um, it is still and and here in LA, it cases are are back up in a big way among all the other um, respiratory illnesses that are are spreading. But yes, it does not seem to be um, the story the way it was before. And uh, what a year it's been in terms of that. Thinking back to pre. Uh, Omicron variant and where we were as we sat down to do this last year, it's both been a million years and half a second, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the same time. It's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I would submit to you guys that the biggest story of the year is, uh, as, as you know, in a lot of ways uh, was major stories of 2021 as well, uh, these, these huge acquisitions. Uh, we saw Embracer Group uh, acquire a, a number of uh, video game companies. And of course, that Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard King that, uh, you know, now we, we, we really don't know the future of as the uh, federal government has objected to it formally. Um, but Anthony, uh, would you agree that the, those are sort of looming large as as the biggest video game Stories that that could shape yeah. the next five to ten years of of what we all experience in the in the hobby. Yeah, I I think that that I think probably throughout all of next year, may, maybe it'll get settled sooner. But it seems like there's a lot of you know obstacles in Microsoft's way as in terms of acquiring Activision Blizzard King, just as far as concerns about competition being lessened concerns about how call of duty is handled and being uh available on playstation platforms i think i think everybody outside of microsoft seems to want to stop it you know and, and prevent it from happening so i think there's going to be enough in the way in the way the legal system works and all that stuff and also even outside of the u.s legal system that it's probably going to be a part of the conversation throughout all of next year. Yeah. Um, somebody who used to practice the laws around, maybe he has some ideas. Christian Spicer. I think he's referring to you. Oh, wow. I mean, uh, yes, I agree with you, Anthony, but also I think Jeff, what was it? Four weeks ago on this very show, I was like, it's, it, it's done. It's a done deal. I still think it's a done deal. Uh, I'm generally a favor of regulation. Like I, I, encourage and enjoy that's the wrong word but i'm a favor or in favor i'm a favor of i'm a i'm a style of i'm a flavor of i am a flavor of regulation i am a flavor of eggnog um i'm in favor of regulations a lot of regulations i i think that uh it's good often good seatbelts love i love a seatbelt I love a seatbelt. Helmet on a motorcycle, big fan. Love it. Christian um, regulated this episode every year. Can't 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 call it best. It's true. It's spicer regulation right there. But then he it's breaks actually, all the rules of the episode, so he true. is also he not in favor no, of the he's regulation. He's not seatbelt wearing, no helmet the wearing. The only rule is you can't DLC say putting on his list guy. That's what he is. Oh, I just favorite. I, my number five is two games. See, <laughs> so, turtle. It's a turducken of three games. 
<laughs> you guys jest, but I'm not saying that there are t- this year. Yes, I do have six games as my number five game, but other years, <laughs> other years, those are clearly other games that I discussed to decide what my number 32nd game would be. Anthony, mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, the it's poor a guy that makes the, the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> that takes care of the list always is like, ah, I have to add a cell, but now it's blank for the other two. My favorite yeah. game of the year every year is how do I make this game of the year spreadsheet that our community so beautifully maintains a it's, little uglier <laughs> every it's year. Like, Anthony showed up in full support of the spreadsheet guy wearing his clippy shirt. You know, he's like, <laughs> I'm all about spreadsheet. You know, Come on. Merge cells horizontally vertically. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> to this uh, merger acquisition talk. Um, again, I am a flavor of regulation. Um, it really seems like they, the FTC does not have a leg to stand on here. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of shocked uh, not that they're trying to challenge it, but the documents that they submitted in this first round, this first volley, so to speak, of trying to stop it. And I don't know if they felt rushed and they needed to get something out, but typically of something of this magnitude, I don't think you'd see an, an unforced error the way that uh, the FTC seemed to have provided here with that first filing about claiming something that Microsoft didn't do in Europe. You know, they said this, they did this, when in fact that didn't happen. Yeah. And so I agree with Anthony that I think the machinery of the government, federal government is often slow and winding. I mean, sometimes the IRS doesn't even audit a sitting president uh, for two years when they're supposed to do it every year. And so I could see this taking a long time, but it's also... Jeff, $70 billion, and these I are mean, very – 69 big. and change, Christian. Come on. Well, I don't like to say the devil's number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, and they also are well-connected to government. I don't know. I, I, I still think this thing goes through. I'm, I know this isn't the predictions episode, but I think by the time we sit down to do this again uh, next year, it will have gone through. And I think we'll be discussing what the ramifications, you know, it hasn't changed much. Yeah. When do we see this? I think that'll right. be the that's next the part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, that's the big one that is occupying all of our attention right now, because that's the one that hangs in question. But this was a huge year of acquisitions that just slid right through with without any friction at all, including Sony acquiring Bungie and Haven and uh, Embracer Group, listen to what <laughs> this year, just this year, Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, Tuxedo Labs, Limited Run Games, Tripwire Interactive, Sing Tricks. They got the IP rights to Lord of the Rings. Uh, it, I mean, it, 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 to uh, uh, Lara Croft, right? The Tomb Raider franchise. They got, it is... It's not like there aren't acquisitions happening constantly. And I think that's a big, big part of the story of 2022 in video games is how everybody wants somebody. And, you know, this just continues a trend that's been going on for a while. You know, we we were talking about that big megaton announcement of Microsoft getting Bethesda, uh, you know, just just last year. So, (laughs) you know, it's it's uh, it's it's continuing and it it'll be interesting if the federal government is able to pump the brakes on this or, or not. I think that's going to be a really interesting question to see 
the answer to. And it's where we bucked the trend, Jeff. I mean, DLC was unacquired. Um, <laughs> well, the, the n- number of offers we had to turn down, Christian, are, you know, zero. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that we won't accept more offers in the future. <laughs> I mean, the FTC said we can't talk about it, so I will just be vague. But uh, when when we got shut down for that $11 billion uh <laughs> You know what's actually funny, Christian? You make this joke, but if you really think about it, in 2022, we got the opposite of acquired. That's what I. That's what I said. We got unacquired. That's how I started it. That was my catch, joke. Thanks catch. for getting it. Thanks Sorry. for getting it. Yeah, I did not catch it, but it is. Uh, yeah, we got. We we used to be acquired, and now we're uh, we're independent. Uh, thank you, patrons, for making us uh, able to survive in the unacquired nature of. But again, again, if you're listening. And you have literally any dollars whatsoever. We are on the table. <laughs> I mean, Disney. If Disney wants us for our IP of Mark from Marketing, yeah. uh, you know, any we jingles. Are, we've done we'll, such a great job, Christian, in, in making a, <laughs> a, a name, a title to the show that is so SEO friendly. You know, just put DLC <laughs> into any search engine and you'll inevitably find us. It's you want moment. Anthony Taramina? You got him. You know he's part of the uh, package. No, 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 no. I have been acquired. I have been acquired. <laughs> no, oh, no, man. we got him. Come on, he's, he's okay. He's you can, you can have. I do have my. Own, uh, you can have me. All right, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! All right. Part of the uh, so acquisitions a huge a huge story. Uh, Anthony, do you have uh, another? I think top tier story of the year that you uh, you think I mean, defines twenty twenty two. That uh, that Grand Theft Auto six leak was yeah. a pretty big deal just i mean for a number of reasons one it is arguably the biggest upcoming game of all time yeah um, yeah it is it jump-started a conversation about what is a in-development game you know what i don't want to say unfinished but you know this this conversation of oh i saw this footage it doesn't look very good and then all these developers coming coming out and saying look some of your favorite games don't look good until the last little bit. Um, and I think that was really interesting to hear people both talk about it, but also share things. You know, there was a lot of um, threads on Twitter of, look, this was X game at this point. Look at it. It was just polygons. And you know, six months later, it looked like this finished product. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it's a big deal for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, not also considering the fact that Rockstar got hacked. Um, and that, that's a big deal. So I think that's a pretty significant story, but the, the ramifications of it outside of maybe putting some delays on grand theft auto six, I, I don't see anything beyond that, but it was a pretty big deal. I agree. A huge story, a huge story that, that the biggest, I mean, this reminds me of when half-life two got, got hacked. I, I don't know if there's listeners that don't even remember it for that far back, but you know, Half-Life 2 was this game that got announced. It was the, the biggest possible IP in gaming when Half-Life 2 got announced. And it was going to come out in like six months after the announcement. And nobody knew they were working on it. It was the craziest thing ever. And then somebody hacked and got the source code. And it caused this massive delay. It was a huge, huge thing. I, I think that's the only equivalent because this, as you said, is a sequel in the biggest franchise on the planet. I'm actually, you know, and and I don't think this detracts from the magnitude of the story, but I'm also kind of amazed at how little 
it seems to have actually meant as far as you know any any real impact on the the game or the industry i mean i thought you you put it very well anthony in in that i think it's it was a cool uh learning moment for people in how games actually come to fruition you know like the the long and bumpy road that is game development i think it it probably educated some folks uh including uh, you know us but um I I don't think it actually uh it certainly didn't have the kind of immediate impact that the Half-Life 2 leak did but of course that game was a lot closer to being released when it happened too. So maybe apples and oranges but you know or that I, we know of yet, right? Like Rockstar yeah, was very adamant at the time of like this isn't going to change things, doesn't change our dev cycle. I mean, it certainly changed one individual's life <laughs> when they got arrested yeah, in a big E&J. way. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm curious what you know, repercussions were felt internally at Rockstar. Not curious as in I have any business to know, but, you know, how did that happen? How did they get in? What security protocols changed? Rockstar was already a pretty tight ship in terms of, you know, with the Red Dead 2 announcements, it was like, I think the first announcement was just the color palette of the logo, you know, that they were, and it was like, oh, here, here's what it is. And then the silhouettes and the the teases. And so I'm curious, you know, what stuff they've changed and, because they are that company, you know, I don't know if we'll ever fully know if GTA 6 did or did not see a massive delay because yeah. of the stuff they're doing internally because of that that hack. And I imagine it sent, and I can say, I, I not shockwaves, but I know that it also made ripples, at least at other developers. Um, they all, not all, but at least some had a, a sit down and they're like, this can't happen to us. You know, don't click those links in those emails. Yeah. <laughs> don't click those links. They may be, they may look so like maybe that guy does want to give you his entire inheritance, but not in an email, not like this. I you mean, you, yes, but also like we got one the other day that was like a text message, and it was like, uh, you know, we tried to deliver your package. You know, yeah, click, oh yeah, and, and yeah, you yeah, click on it. Classic, yeah, classic, and so. I do think that there were bigger shockwaves caused by it, but I don't know if we'll ever see, you know, how, just how how big they were. I don't even work on Grand Theft Auto 6 and I've gotten calls from Windows. Have you guys ever gotten a phone call? (laughs) Hi, this is Windows calling. I'm like, Windows is calling me? Have you guys ever gotten that? I'm I'm not even making it up. I've literally gotten a call from a person who's like, I'm calling from Windows and there's a problem. I'm like, you're calling from Windows? He's like, yes, I need your... I need your login information to fix the problem on Windows. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want any problems with Windows. I use that every day. (laughs) Yeah, there was. It it has gotten worse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no one's safe. No one's. I mean, literally, literally, I was just reading yesterday about the, you know, the massive security uh, breach of LastPass. I was like, if anyone should have top tier security it's last pass and i'm like i guess it really wasn't the last pass you're gonna you're gonna have to change they, that pass and they were like I mean? they they were like hey so we got hacked but don't worry nobody got anything and they're like okay they may have gotten a little too deep okay okay they may have gotten some passwords okay you know like <laughs> so it was it's, it's entirely possible that they got every damn thing that we have here it's okay. certainly possible but um we we were hacked the first tweet that said they didn't get anything was actually them <laughs> saying that um 
we yeah i mean no i feel safe. like the no one's safe. The, the the fault in all of these systems it's like the zombie movie right like we are the walking dead like the the fault is the people <laughs> it's it's idiots not idiots all of us being like i yeah i do want a honey banked ham some extent it's you you know uh hubris you know you think yeah. you know, i mean uh, how many times this year did somebody end up on a stage that shouldn't have ended up on a stage wilson yes that um, too and yeah. then and it happened again and you know it happened again and then at the very yeah. end of the year in our own style yeah. event a kid ended up on stage you know it i, I think mean, you just you don't put those policies in place until it happens to you and then when it happens to you it's too late i'm yeah, just then you're dead as your girlfriend floats away on a door like hubris <laughs> is the thing that literally kills all of us at one point i'm just uh now realizing that um really shouldn't bet on that honey baked ham showing up <laughs> time to tell your your in-laws there's not going to be a christmas dinner after all <laughs> I, I got bad news and worse news the bad news is i gotta change my password the worst news is they're not getting a honey baked ham for christmas <laughs> all right uh christian do you have a a story of the year that we haven't talked about yet i think mine and i think this no offense uh i think it could have larger ramifications for the industry, maybe not in 2023, but perhaps further out. And it is the unionification, the forming of unions in the video game industry. We have talked about uh, Game Workers Unite, and I I think I probably have that wrong, but like other attempts at it, Jeff, you and I are both in a union and we have talked about uh, generally a pro-union approach. Yes, is the, you know, Look at early days of the mafia. Was it built on the back of corrupt union people? You betcha. Is there are a lot of horrible things throughout uh, the history and everything. You betcha. But generally speaking, I am in favor of unions and what they provide to the average worker. And um, we're seeing that in video games now in a way that we hadn't before with Raven Group forming, I believe they were the first union of a AAA studio. And now the ZeniMax Workers United forming and trying to take Microsoft up on their um, stance that they would not get involved. They talked about that with Raven because as they were acquiring Activision, Microsoft said, hey, we're going to stay out of this, which usually companies say like, we're going to stay out of it. And then they send 10 union busters to break some knees, (laughs) (laughs) you know, on the, on the the factory floor. Um, But so the ZeniMax workers, we're going to stay out of this unless a union actually forms. And then we're definitely not staying out of this. <laughs> we're going to stay out of this. And by out of this, we mean killing you and your family. Um, it, but this Zenimax one is over 300 QA workers, which is also the Raven group was started with QA. It's interesting, um, right? That that seems to be where it is. It is actually happening is in the QA departments first. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because there's, uh, I mean, they're very bad working conditions often there and lower pay oftentimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe not the artistic peer pressure. I'm not trying to discount what QA does, but this idea of like, no, you're a, this is your passion. You, you're going to mm-hmm. animate forever. You can't, you know, you don't want to unionize. You're this kind of stuff. Um, but I'm super curious to see where this goes. It's, I think, I believe the largest group, if it happens. And so far, it seems like Microsoft is staying out of it. Um, I think this could be huge for the games industry going forward. I mean, it is a industry notorious for hire and fire. 
as yeah. projects build up and, and scale down and long work hours and QA, especially, um, you know, contract workers with no benefits that are brought in and ground down to the bone and then fired and have to find hustle to find another thing. And I think this could um, change gaming and gaming culture, the people who make games in, in a very positive way is what I'm hopeful for. That's my my Christmas wish, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I think it's a good sign. Uh, I, I'm certainly um, optimistic as well about it. We'll see how it shakes out and if it continues to spread. Uh, and if it will lead to, uh, you know, better, better stuff for, for workers, we'll, we'll see. But I think you're right. This is the year that, that, that has really begun that spark. Um, and we'll see if it carries forward. <clears throat> um, I, you know, there's a, a few other stories that, that I think helped define 2022 in gaming. Uh, one of them is that, you know, at the end of, of last year starting this year, it really felt like all the momentum or at least a lot of energy was being put into the notion of NFTs and gaming being uh, a, a place where non-fungible tokens were going to be uh, explored, let's say. Uh, there was going to be a lot of that in gaming. Uh, and that seemed to be the indication. I think we talked about it a lot at the end of last year about, you know, that the 2022 maybe the year where where you just can't escape it that nfts were going to be everywhere and i think it's very interesting how in 12 short months it really feels like obviously the bottom fell out of of the market and and a lot of external things that have nothing to do with video games per se uh affected the uh the momentum of nfts but I, I do think it's fascinating that uh, here we are starting 2023 or about to, and that's really just for the most part off the table. Uh, right, Anthony? Yeah. yeah, I would say out outside of Dr. Disrespect's game, which I mean, you know, may just have the support because Dr. Disrespect is Dr. Disrespect. I can't really think of an example of a game where they came out and said, look, we want to implement NFTs and it wasn't met with backlash over support. Um, I think Dr. Disrespect, he has, you know, just enough fans that they kind of just wash out any other criticism and also, you know, who cares what he's doing? But at the end of the day, there were a lot of games that came forward and said, look, we want to try this. And, And a bunch of people just said, no, thank you. And then they took a second to think about it and tweaked it. And then eventually a lot of them backed down and said, oh, never mind. That was that's no longer part of our plans. So I think, you know, the voice of at least communities out there were able to say, hey, we, we, we don't really want NFTs or um, things in, in games that make it seem like you're less interested in delivering a quality piece of entertainment and you're trying to turn it into a marketplace or you're trying to turn it into a commodity. The main thing we want is a video game. And if you can get that video game right and then later maybe figure out an NFT solution, okay, we can talk. But for right now, I think so many companies were coming forward and saying, here's our game. It's not out yet. It's also going to be NFTs. And then they just were dead in the water. Yeah. I mean, that isn't to say we're not going to see that. I think that still yeah, no. there still will be this. There was the the summer of games game. I can't remember. It was like every the everything game. Um, oh yeah, which I think is going to be you know certainly seems to be still happening and and certainly based around NFTs. So I don't think it's gone, 
Um, and, and it certainly still may have a resurgence. We have no idea what the future of, of that world is going to look like, but, uh, I just think it's fascinating how, uh, NFTs as a technology really seemed inevitable to me, at least at the end of, uh, of 2021. And here we are in 2022 and it really has, uh, almost got 180 degrees from that where it feels like the exception rather than the inevitability, um, for those projects. Um, we also saw, uh, you know, PS plus, uh, or, uh, you know, the, the, the unveiling of PS plow, as we all know, it should be called, <laughs> um, which Especially I think where you are right now, you need a PS plow to get out of uh, your house. No I mean, I need the center. PS plow extreme. <laughs> Do you need, I need any kind of plow. PS. I'll take a <laughs> Xbox plow at this point. Um, as well as snow is what he's saying. Um, the uh, I'm in the middle of a bomb cyclone. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think uh, from my perspective, that PS Plus uh, revamp, um, really pretty underwhelming and disappointing as far as a uh, what I expected to be a uh, major contender to the Game Pass throne. Uh, and it, it just doesn't seem to be that now. Maybe I'm wrong, Anthony. Maybe you're, you'll correct me. But I, I oh, feel no. like... There was a lot of Sturm and Drong and, and not a lot of there there. If you, if you like that cat game, Stray, it, that was about it. I did like Stray. I did like I, Stray. Me too, but we probably got codes for it. <laughs> it's true. I also got a code. But yeah, it's I'm I'm a I'm a big PlayStation fan. I actually spoiler for what won't happen later, but I actually oh, wrote no. a list. I actually wrote a list of just Sony's games this year that could easily be my top five. Like these are just Sony games and they're all incredible. Like they had a banger of a year. I love their games. I love their console. I love their controller. Big fan. I do not love their plus offerings. It just feels confusing and half-baked. I mean, this is the thing that I think we were talking about it last year was codenamed Spartacus. Like Spartacus is a bad dude. Spartacus well, it, it kind of makes sense because things. doesn't a bunch of people stand up and go, "I am Spartacus," I have, and it just gets really confusing, and you don't know which Spartacus <laughs> yeah. you're supposed was to that one pay a monthly fee to. You know, you're like, so it feels very appropriate. You know, that's a that's a scene from Spartacus. Maybe that was the full code name. Is this will be a scene from Spartacus, <laughs> not Spartacus? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which one yeah. of these Spartacuses am I supposed to use? Oh, I subscribe to this lazy guy. It's old man. Oh, no. I'm Spartacus Plus. I'm Spartacus Premium. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. I mean, it really should have been a thing where every game that comes out that isn't a first party game, you go, oh, man, I wonder if that will end up on PS Plus or Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Which one's going to get it? Right. Who's going to get it first? You know, uh, a game that you're excited about that maybe just didn't like last year, Guardians of the Galaxy. We all really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Who was going to get it first? Game Pass got it. Yeah. PlayStation Plus didn't have an offering. Um, and so I think if they had done that, if they had competed in a true sense of getting games that are worthwhile, that are interesting, that had enough conversation around them, then I think they would have been able to get away with these three tiers, but making these three tiers and offering, you know, streaming of older games and and some, you know, a a digital library of PS one and PS two classics. It just doesn't do anything for me personally. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess, um, you know, the last story I'll, I'll mention before we move on is, uh, is that G4, the, the reimagining rebirth of the old video game network, uh, shut down after, uh, I think less than a year. So it, you know, it, it, it was reborn in 2022 and perished in 2022 all at the same time. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, a lot of our friends, uh, were employed, uh, at the new G4, uh, sad, of course, for them losing their their jobs, uh, but um, I, I think it was it's a, fascinating and, and clearly representative of a different a, a different landscape of of games media. Yeah, I think it was a bad year uh, in general. My heart's out to all those folks. Yeah, a lot um, of lost jobs. Yeah, and some really talented people. In that, mm-hmm. it, it appears that the game space has lost forever, and I think understandably so. Um, and it's just a bummer because I think there is incredible work happening in the game space and there are some incredible reporters out there and people doing op-eds and making incredible videos and, and doing all that work. But in 2022, I think we lost a lot of really great folks in the space and it just seems, I mean, we say it on this show sometimes jokingly, like, uh, you know, like, oh, patrons, you make Wednesday's show possible. We're going to talk about farts. Um, but I sincerely don't know how this show survives without it. And so many other without things farts. like this without farts. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just a sad state of, of the enthusiast press and games media. Um, and, and I think it, uh, ultimately will unfortunately be worse before it gets better. I agree. And obviously we've seen that. Um, but you're right. The silver lining is that there are enough people that care to get this kind of content that they will pay for it. And that is uh, something that we are particularly grateful for, but I am grateful for just as a consumer of this kind of stuff uh, that you're seeing, you know, as you're seeing you know, folks like our friends are kind of funny, you know, exploding and having this great new uh, studio that they debut. And, and just, there's enough of these podcasts, our, our friends at what's good games, you know, the, all these peer groups that we've got, um, that are, that are kind of striking out on their own and really doing some great stuff. So, um, I, uh, we are not at that scale, but I do feel like they are peers and, uh, and it's great that we're not in competition and we're all sort of, uh, you know, boats that are all enjoying a rising tide, which is pretty great. The other thing I'll add in terms of stories is, uh, handhelds. Steam Deck specifically, mm-hmm. but the analog pocket got into more people. Uh, the what's it called? The Playdate, yeah, um, yeah. and also people's desire for the, a Switch too. I think really speaks to this idea of playing great games on the go. That for a long time, handheld gaming, you know, was a failed experiment that Sony shouldn't have taken, and of course, Microsoft's not going to do one. And now um also the uh, backbone and razor kishi and like this expansion of yeah good controllers good ways geforce now rest in peace stadia <laughs> not even a story <laughs> <laughs> we don't even, we, oh, we don't even I, I was it. not gonna bring it up just the stadia i just found it in the moment oh a i'm so sad blip. a blip on the radar of 2022 <laughs> the g4 of cloud service games Indeed. um but I, I I do think that uh, 2022 showed that there is an appetite for that handheld style of, of gaming and AAA gaming. And, and as someone who's loved handheld gaming, I, it really excites me and I hope it carries forward. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Valve has no intent of slowing down, which is awesome. Yeah, the, the Steam launch as a story in and of itself is is pretty remarkable as as far as how 
bad it didn't go. You know, I mean, obviously it was, it was hard. It was hard for a lot of people to get them, which is, is still the case, but it, it's still, you know, I think um, ultimately a, a pretty, pretty strong win for valve on, on almost every level. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to the meat of the show now and talk about DLC's favorite game of the year. But first, I need to tell you about our sponsor, HelloFresh. Oh my gosh, I love HelloFresh. I tell you, HelloFresh has saved me this holiday season. I have my in-laws in town at the house, and I've been able to cook them fresh meals, home-cooked meals. I get to cook by my own hand using fresh ingredients. It's been a delight. It's been a lifesaver because with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You skip trips to the grocery store, which let me tell you, at this time of year, anytime I can not go to the grocery store is a win. I count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. And it also saves me money. It, It is the season for saving money wherever we can. Am I right? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can use those savings for holiday gifts or treat yourself. And with HelloFresh, you can eat better amid all the holiday temptations. Their meals have 20% fewer calories than takeout. So you can still have full flavor just without the guilt. And I love knowing exactly what I put in my dishes because I'm the one doing it. Are you short on time? Look for HelloFresh's quick and easy options like the 20-minute meals and the easy cleanup dishes. They are big on flavor and easy on effort. Time-saving solutions that mean more time with friends and family around the holidays. And there's so much variety with over 35 recipes available to choose from each week. There's something to please everyone. Family-friendly, fit and wholesome, even veggie meals. Plus, you can easily customize your meals by swapping proteins or sides upgrading your proteins, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. HelloFresh has been a staple of my life for many years now. I can't live without it. I love it. And we here at DLC have made it easy for you to check it out yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DLC18 and use the code DLC18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash DLC18. And the code DLC18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. DLC's games of the year. DLC's games. Wait, Christian won't like that. Sampling. Based on an incomplete sampling, nevertheless, here we are talking about our favorite games of the year. We will start counting down our top fives with number five. Anthony Taormina, what is your number five favorite game of the year? My number five favorite game of the year, ranked as number five, is Sifu. Sifu, yes, yes, great choice. I uh, I really really like this game. 
Um, I wasn't entirely sold on it when I previewed it maybe a month before it came out. And I just, it didn't click with me. But then when I was able to play the kind of finished product and get my hands on it, it was the first game in a long time where I felt like I had to learn how to get better. It was like a fighting game. Almost. I had to learn how to read enemy attacks. I had to learn how to engage with the systems beyond the ones that I felt comfortable, you know, I couldn't just dodge, you know, I was like, you know, I'm used to playing most games and just being able to dodge my way through it. I had to learn how to parry. I had to learn how to do the, I forget what it's called, but you know, where you're kind of standing in place and just kind of shifting. It's not, not as much as like a roll, but just kind of a, I don't know, a shimmy. But (laughs) when I, when I was able to learn that and get better and get better and, and repeating the runs to the point where I could go to certain bosses that, I just was getting destroyed early on and beat them without them even touching me. It just felt super satisfying. And I think the setup of this revenge story and these, uh, these characters in this group kind of a la kill bill of this like list of, you need to take out all these people, but they have sort of uh, mystical elements and they have a theme to them. Uh, Each of the levels is really unique. The music is great. I really just ended up, coming away from the game saying there's no way this is not going to make my top five if only because it was a game in a long time that i went into it playing a certain way and came out of it like feeling as you know not a professional but better you know most games you just play it and you're like yeah i get it but this game by the time i was done i felt like i was better at playing the game just because i engaged with the system yeah yeah and and a completely indie game. This is Slow Clap as the developer uh, and I, b- I believe the publisher as well. And uh, I just think an incredibly strong year for indie games. Um, and, and I think Sifu is is one of those ones that got a lot of attention and showed that, that these smaller games can can feel AAA, can feel big. It can feel. I mean, it's not AAA, but it can feel uh, like a major major release. And I think that shows us it's number five on your list. That's a Great, great choice. Sifu, number five. Christian Spicer, what is your number five game of the year? Well, I want to give a shout out over the voting oh, on, no, our, no, no, on no. our Discord. Okay. Right. I, I thought you were going to say six. I thought you were going to no, 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 do no, a no. six. Because you mentioned having a great year of indies. And over on DLC's Discord right now, there it's the fan voting. I've gone in there right. a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating to see some of these small indie games up against, you know, these big AAA games and what folks in the community are, are, are playing. And I think I say this every year to my number five, that this is the hardest one for me. Number five is always the hardest. Because you put um, six games at number five. Yeah. I was like, how many, you know, I got the whole curve, the curve of the five. You can just pack <laughs> games into. He wrote down the list of PlayStation games, found out there was six, and was like, okay, which one of these am I going to cut off? It's called a PlayStation 5, but there are so which, many good which games. Which one of these five was going to hire me as a podcast host? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would, if, if I could do that, I, you, my, I would stack my list very much that way, 100%. That's, that's how you do it. I mean, Jeff was my number five favorite game of the year nine years ago. So I, <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Um it really is the hardest one for me, number five. And I debated a whole bunch of games and there are too many good games left off the list. And so this is the perfect example of a favorite game and not a best game. And my number five game for 2022 is Bayonetta 3. 
Mm. And I have loved this franchise since it came out almost, you know, 20 years ago, it feels like. Uh, first on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and then how it became a Nintendo franchise, right? Like Nintendo and Sega coming together. And Bayonetta 3 is such a time capsule of a game of that franchise where it doesn't look better than it looked, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it is. Um, and I, I don't think it's the best Bayonetta. I think that might be Bayonetta 2 is probably the best Bayonetta. Bayonetta 3 tries some things and some work really well. I mean, it really leans into like the big bombastic boss fight, but it's also struggling on Switch hardware. But there's so many of these moments of like monsters tearing through cities as you're, you know, Kratos God of Warring, like through a little thing to, to a thing. And then you become a big monster and battle it and all this stuff. But then there's also like two uh, vague gameplay spoilers uh like 2d side-scrolling stealth missions and and open world hubs that are open it's it's open not an open world it's just open this this big empty space because it's on switch and they can't it can't do it but i love that combat when it fires on all cylinders um i found i understand why some people were, were kind of upset by the end or it left them wanting i guess but I, I think there's a promise for an awesome future there. So I'm going to hold my final thoughts on what the narrative end to Bayonetta 3 is to see what threads they pick up in a hopeful Bayonetta 4. But I love the franchise. I love that we got another one. I love that it came out this year. And so Bayonetta 3 is my fifth favorite game of 2022. Wow. I did not see that one coming, but I think that's a pretty cool pick. I know you were well, here. Are 10 other games I want to mention. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right my fifth favorite game of 2022 is cult of the lamb uh this another example of a great indie game um this one took me by surprise uh i did not think i would like it i didn't think i oh, you know i want to play as a <laughs> the leader of a cult. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of Animal Crossing. Uh, you know, I wasn't like, hey, you know what Animal Crossing needs more sacrifices, more, more uh, sacrifices at an altar. But man, this is um, a really addictive game. So well executed. I love. I think one of the big trends for 2022, especially in the indie space, was mashing up two very disparate genres and finding some really new uh, new feeling inside a, of a game that does two different things and puts them together. And uh, I think Cult of the Lamb is a perfect example of that because it really is two very different kinds of games. I think a really excellent uh, action combat, sort of Zelda-like uh, exploration and, and collecting resources game with this very much uh, Animal Crossing style, uh, uh, you know, uh, village management town management sim um and i never thought that those would mix as well as they do here it's got so much style it's got so much it's got a lot of comedy uh and it's it, it constantly surprised me um with the different things that i was able to do and the ramifications of that and just how much fun i was having managing my world and and uh wanting to do all the different parts of cult of the lamb uh, a really great game that I thoroughly enjoyed in 2022. On Game Pass and also great on Steam Deck. Oh, I, I think yes. I played it most on Steam Deck. It is it is an excellent Steam Deck game. 
Uh, and uh, it looks great. It's a, it has so much visual style, and it looks great on Steam Deck as well. So it, yeah, Cult it was my game. You know, when we always say like it was the game I was struggling to put on, it was the game. Oh, oh, you're gonna mention a sixth game, Anthony? Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. No, go ahead. Yeah, it's my number six. Okay. Uh huh. There it is. Jeez Louise, he's Anthony Taormina. <laughs> I also want to point people. You know, we the um we had to because of holiday schedules. Uh, we had to record this episode a little bit early, so the Discord poll and uh mm-hmm. and discussion mm-hmm. in our awesome discord community is still ongoing to determine the fan top five of the year i'm hoping we'll be able to uh mention that next episode when we do our uh our uh, predictions episode but um you should get in on that i think there's still some voting available for the the final fan voted top five uh, favorite games of the year um and of course our discord is five by five dlc on discord so get over there and get your votes in. I, it's been so much fun watching the community debate and vote on their games. Uh, as Christian mentioned, there's some already some cool surprises in there. I wanted that to be part of this episode, but we're just recording a little early for it. All right. We have moved to number four. Number four. Anthony Taormina, your favorite, fourth favorite game of 2022. It's, uh, it's God of War Ragnarok. Good God game. Or Ragnarok. Excellent game. The sequel, the PlayStation exclusive. Tell me why you yep. put it at number four. I mean, it, it, okay. I struggled. This one I struggled with the placement of because I love this game. I think this game is great. I also really enjoyed the 2018 one. I think comparing the two, I the 2018 one blows this one out of the water just because uh, it's more of a surprise, you know. It's, it's not frozen. It's a, There's water on a boat. I get it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there is also water on a boat. In this yeah, one. a lot of water. Quite I mean, a bit. Quite a bit of water on the boat. Tomato, <laughs> that, tomato. I guess, that's, Come I guess on. that's part of my criticism. Uh, is is a lot of similarities. A sure. lot of yeah. um, things where you know it felt okay. I've done this before, but this is still an exceptional game, and I have to reward that and i think the story is really well done and it's very mature and sophisticated for a video game it definitely deals in stuff that um is unique uh in terms of fathers and sons you know you you don't get a lot of um video games kind of touching on things that resonate on uh you know uh not a personal level for me, but just like a more a human level right. while also dealing with the situation of gods battling each other. You yeah. Know, you, it, it, it mixes a lot of things together and that's really, really what I like about the game. And at the same time, the combat is super fun. I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't enjoy it. It just, it is very familiar. You know, you jump into it and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I remember. And I, I love this, but also same. Um, but yeah, it's overall beautiful game. Visuals are incredible. I think they took a lot of the kind of criticisms of having to maybe dial it back a little bit in the first game, maybe in terms of uh, boss types or enemy types, or, you know, we can only do so much with what we've got. And the second game adds more diversity in terms of a lot of different things, not just uh, your combat maneuvers and your enemy types, but where you're going, what you're doing. And, and I really, really do appreciate that and want to recognize it. Um, 
And I imagine we'll probably talk about it some more. Very possible. Very possible. Certainly one of the uh, one of the biggest games of the year. You know, a game that we all, uh, I think, uh, expected to get delayed and did not. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good yeah. thing to note uh, about it as well. Uh, but that didn't mean it it came out buggy or had any dip in quality from the 20, 2018 God of War, of course, was DLC's game of the year. We we our consensus vote of the one game we uh, we made the show's game of the year uh that year and and I think you know that's pretty big uh pretty big shoes to fill and I think it sh- it filled them very very well it, it it took that formula which again as you said Anthony it didn't reinvent the wheel it didn't reinvent that formula in the way that game had reinvented God of War's formula but it certainly uh it certainly added a whole bunch of new flavor and and uh, let you do things in that world that you hadn't done before uh, and I think it, it told a really compelling story with some incredible acting and and maintained that, you know, single camera perspective. Yes, it's it's an amazing game. Yeah. All right. God of War Ragnarok is Anthony's number four. Number four, Christian Spicer. TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Um, as I went into the year, I probably would have thought that the Calabunga Collection would have made this spot. I will spoil and say Cowabunga Collection is not on my list. That would be a great if my list was just the just games. all TMT. <laughs> I, I broke them out like uh, Turtles in Time. Uh, Turtles in Time Arcade. Uh, Turtles in Time SNES. Uh, I would not Heist. put it past you, Christian. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Hyperstone Heist is lower because it does reuse a bunch of assets, but uh, and some new boss battles. I'm, um, so, I'm surprised you didn't put Cowabunga Collection on your list just as a way to get 13 games on your list. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll edit that in. I'll take that bet. Um, Cowabunga Collection is excellent. It, it just received an, uh, a big update here recently as well when you are listening to this. And it delivers those games as I remember them in a great package. Shredder's Revenge is the perfect forward reimagining of what a brawler is much in the way streets of rage four brought that franchise forward while still feeling familiar you know shredder's revenge is not a single cam third person action game with a one edit about donatello's son and you know it doesn't uh doesn't force you to be buddies with shredder until the end and then you have some big reckoning like it's not doing any of those things it is a 2d sprite based brawler um, but the tweaks that they added to the formula in terms of combos, the way you could level up your characters, having six-player online co-op work, having couch co-op work. Um, I just bought the game uh, in the Steam Winter Sale, so I own it on, on PC as well now to playing it on Game Pass. Um, it's such a fantastic game and a game that I probably texted you the most about, Jeff, because I think I would text you every time my kids were playing it co-op with their friends. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. here they go. With pictures. Yeah, yeah. With pictures. And it always warmed my heart. Like they have friends over and that's what they'd want to sit down and play. And even kids who weren't super into video games, you know, could could grok it. And um, I played through it with my wife. I played through it with my kids. I played through it on my little brother's arcade cabinet. I've played through it now on my Steam Deck. It, what it does, it does so very well. And it also just got a, a great update that had CRT filter, a VCR style filter, or like the waveline goes through it. Also virtual dipstick. So you can like make it harder um, as though you would in an arcade where you know people would be like, aha, enemies are more difficult now, kids. Bye-bye quarters. <laughs> it's such a fantastic 
evolution of the brawler while maintaining what kept that what what makes that genre so pure if you haven't played it i highly recommend turtles shredders revenge it's Great. I got to tell you, Christian, you'll be delighted to know that uh, I have a renewed appreciation for that game just in the last few days because as holiday vacation has begun for my kids, I finally sat my six-year-old down and said, hey, do you want to play this game with me? And we have been playing it every day in, in my office on the PlayStation 5. Uh, and my daughter has been sitting in my lap and like going, turtles, turtles. And uh, it's been so much fun. He has, my, my son Jack has been absolutely loving the game. And uh, my daughter Zoe has just been uh, cheerleading and having a great time as well. I give her the controller and she runs around like a maniac, tells me which character to pick. It's, it's, it's great. It's great fun. And uh, I think well-deserving of your list. So that is Christian's number four. My number four is Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which I love the first Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, I expected to love the the sequel to Mario plus Rabbids. And, and I do. Sparks of Hope to like it. I, and I had Sparks <laughs> of Hope. Uh, what I did not expect was uh, how much it changes the formula of the first game and still it's still wonderful. It, it, it finds... What I mean to say is it finds new ways to be wonderful. Um, I, I, if it had just been new quests, new enemies, uh, but the same exact gameplay, I think I would have still loved Sparks of Hope, but it is very much not that. It really does add a completely new way of playing. Uh, the, the individual battles are, are very, very different. And the, 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 um, the mechanics of those battles have been very much changed and the, the way you interact with the overworld, the, all the exploration and puzzle solving in the game, it, it feels fresh and different and very much a reinvention of that first game. And it, it's, it's been a delight. It's another game that my son and I have uh, enjoyed to, well, not even together, but sort of in parallel. Because, <laughs> you beat first. <laughs> yes. And he constantly is telling you, like, Daddy, do you, want, do you want me to help you get past that? I'm like, no, I can do it. Um, but uh, it's it's been really fun. And uh, I love w- seeing the game through his eyes. But I have thoroughly enjoyed playing it myself. And um, I think it's a it's really – I think the first game was underappreciated and kind of um, – um, you know, didn't get the, it's just due. And I think this one is, is kind of suffering the same fate where I, I don't think enough people are talking about it. And uh, it, 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 that's why one of the reasons I put it on my list is like, this game is, this franchise is awesome. And this game is excellent. That's Mario plus rabbit yeah. sparks of hope by number four. I'm super curious what other games are on your list because um, uh, you know, there's other games there's that could spots. be like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There are other games that could be like that. Yeah. This is getting dicey. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, all right. We are up to number three. Top three. Top three now. Anthony three, Tower. But not for Christian. Christian, not top three. It's just three random. <laughs> That's uh, right. That's right. We're supposed to put my, these in order? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, I've been way off. My number three uh, is Immortality. Oh, wow. Great pick. I, like, I talked like about you, it a little you bit. You are immortal. Yeah, like you yeah, mean my you're number personal. three, number two is invisibility, and number one is <laughs> X-ray vision. Oh, I, think we, I think you started looking at the wrong list. 
um, I talked about it. So I was on the podcast at, around the time I started playing it, but I love this game for so many different reasons. Um, on the one, you know, kind of spectrum, I liked it because I got to play it with my wife. It was a game that we could play together. I could have the controller, but she understood everything we were trying to do. Um, for those that might not be familiar, essentially what you're doing is you're combing through individual shots or scenes or uh, behind the scenes clips uh, from three separate movie productions. And you're trying to figure out what happened to this actress and any, uh, any of the things you can see um, in the, within the frame. So as you fast forward, new things enter the frame, you can click on and it will maybe take you to a clip that features either that same thing. So like the same actor, or you can click on flowers and it'll take you to another scene that features flowers, but not necessarily in the same movie. So you can kind of jump around between those three movies. Um, and so you're kind of piecing things together based on uh, after they say cut and the characters interact or the behind the scenes. Um, it's not worth like giving too much information because you do kind of get this. It sounds kind of absurd, but you start to like solve this mystery in your head. Um, and then it gets nuts. And then some stuff, <laughs> some stuff happens that I'm not going to talk about. And then it just like everything that you think, you know, about the game just gets thrown out the window. Um, but Michael I also Keaton really shows up with a fire poke and is like, huh? you want to get, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, but then I just, uh, you know, as a, guy who went to film school and used to hold the clapper and hold the you know the boom mic it just was nice to just you know the you know scene two apple take two you know that was <laughs> i love that um and i sam barlow uh who also made her story and um i the other game escapes my mind right now um i've liked each of those games um but immortality is by far my favorite and i just yeah it it has so many layers. You could just want to want to like f click on these things to put together these clips for these three movies to just find out the plot of the movie. You could just find out the plots of these three movies and that's satisfying, but also which there are three movies, which I also think is yeah. like you can just they watch shot, three yeah. movies that are yeah, decent movies. Wild. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that in and of itself is the first one is, is a crazy movie. Uh, the second two, the other two are maybe not as strong, but the first one is, is bonkers. Um, but then, yeah, you also have that, that other layer of what happened to her, but then there's the other layer that I'm talking about. That's just, it's nuts. Anybody that's played the game that, you know, has discovered kind of the other layer is knows what I'm talking about. And it is, it's nuts. Uh, and I, I really, really like this game. That's a great, it's a great pick. And it is, uh, you know, such an unusual kind of game. He's doing stuff that nobody else is doing. You know, we, we always make fun of full motion video. Uh, but, uh, but the, by the way, the other one was telling lies, telling lies. Thank yeah, you. Her story, telling lies and immortality. Um, uh, he's carving out his own little subgenre, Sam Barlow. And it's, it's amazing that he manages to mine new ways of doing it, you know, cause it, it, yeah. immortality doesn't work like her story. You know, it's different, yeah. but uh, it's similar, but um, very cool. Very cool. That's a great pick. I also, number. Go ahead. I, I think worth noting here as well, and I, I mean this with all seriousness, as we talk about what 2022 is and was and what the future holds for games, this is Netflix's first DLC favorite game of the year, uh, Nom. This is available yeah. on mobile devices via Ooh. Netflix's 
subscription, which is just Netflix. Uh, and they're pushing to mobile games and, and the gaming space. And what's that mech, tactical mech game? Um, oh, my God. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I loved it. Into the Breach. Into, Into the, the Breach. Breach. Such a great it's game. It's also on Netflix. Yeah. And they've had a couple of, you know, older but big games. But Immortality came out pretty quickly after it's... Uh, yeah. I mean, a perfect Other game release. for this, right? Because it's, it, it is about movies yeah. and mo- movie watching and it just fits. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's Anthony Taormino's number three. Christian Spicer, what is your number three game of the year? If you have listened to this show this year, I don't think that this game being in my top five will be a surprise to anyone. Um, but it is Ollie Ollie World, which is not only a phenomenal game on Steam Deck, but it is just a phenomenal game. And it is a game that in its release year also released two incredible DLCs. Um, so since the, it released two of our shows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was nice of them. I, yeah, I had, to, I had to throw it in here. Um, but two really good DLCs that I think I described them on the, on the show when I played each of them. It, it doesn't make the main game feel lesser which oftentimes I think a a DLC that brings in a new mechanic can, and you'll be like, oh, this is the complete game. Now I can manual or whatever, you know, (laughs) it was lacking before. But each of the DLCs, each of the expansions brought something new and fresh to the world. And the level designs are just so created. Ollie Ollie World is a 2D precision platformer that just happens to take place on a skateboard. And I think the changes they made from Ali Ali and Ali Ali 2 in terms of making the levels at the same time more approachable, but also more difficult is a testament to the incredible level design that that team put together in the game where you can just complete a level and move on in a way that's really fun and satisfying. But you can also try to do all the challenges or find the, the hardcore route, the gnarly route and the challenges that that brings and the the amount of times I was able to find myself in a flow state or in the Tetris effect as I was playing. I guess that's seeing the game. Ah, I, I see that too, actually. And then in the real world, you see a rail or stairs. But the, the level design in Ollie Ollie World is, is exquisite. And the ability to find that Zen flow state while playing is, a, is something that a lot of games didn't offer for me this year. And I think it, um, like Spark of Hope for you, Jeff, is a game that all the other world came out and got good reviews, but I don't think enough people are talking about it at the end of the year. And it is 100% a game that I think should be on everyone's favorites of the year list. And it's um, so well-made and a great evolution of that franchise. And one of the best, you know, platformers, 2d platformers of, I think this decade, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All the Ollie world. Um, very good pick. That's Christian Spicer's number three. My number three pick is a game that I'm 100% certain isn't going to be on either of your lists, but I adore it. I love it. I I don't understand the haters. It's Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, I I, I love the first game, uh, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, obviously. And uh, I think this one, yes, I mean, the, a lot of the criticism is it just does what the first game does more. But yeah. Yeah, I love being in that world. I think it has, it, it has, it does so many things well. And and really, honestly, I don't think there's anything in gaming that I enjoy more than taking down a giant robot dinosaur with my bow and arrow and all my toolkit. Like that, that hunting, that 
improvisational, uh, using all of the skills at my disposal, p- picking apart, finding the piece that I want to, to pluck off of it because I need that to upgrade my thing, to buy a, buy a piece at a, at a vendor somewhere. It's just awesome. And, and the world, the, the, the size and scope of the world, the, the number of incredible side quests and cool storytelling moments. I just like being in this world. I think it has some of the best costume design ever in a video game. Every NPC is interesting and, and has a, its own story and, and look and feel. And the voice acting is great. I, I love Horizon. I'm so excited to see news that Horizon as a franchise is getting expanded with more side games and different kinds of genres. I, I, I love the world of Horizon, the mix between sort of a very primitive uh, world and a very futuristic world at the same time. I, I thought Forbidden West was a, a home run, and I absolutely adored it. It's my number three. As I thought about these lists and thought about where that game would land on yours and i'm curious to get your take on them i started to draw a lot of parallels between that universe and avatar in terms of the world that it creates the hopefulness of it like Mm -hmm. aloy is not a pessimistic character right she is faced with insurmountable odds time and time again and she is a beacon of hope i have not seen way of the water but listening to you um describe it in the first film it, it seems very similar in terms of these worlds that they present where it could be easy for these characters to go, well, life sucks. Yeah. Uh, they're not taking mine and going home. Right. And that's not what it is. So I think it makes a lot of sense that this, that the horizon franchise would let you spend $500 on another VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically not wrong. Not wrong. Bring on 2023, baby. Uh, anyway, that is my number three. All right. We are hit number two. Nitty gritty. Here we go. Anthony Taormina, your number two favorite game of 2022. Vampire Survivors. Ooh, good pick. Vampire Survivors is going to be a game that maybe it wasn't the first to do this. And it's definitely not going to be the last, but we are going to be talking about in 2023, how many games are Vampire Survivors? Created a subgenre for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the game. I'm 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 a sucker for vampires. Um, Hate survivors, though. <laughs> <laughs> so so anything you know, Castlevania or or you know it, anything within that world in media, I'm I'm in. So vampire survivors. Um, I, my first kind of like encounter with it was I was just watching a Twitch streamer play it, probably very very early this year, and I was like, what is this game? What is he doing? And I didn't understand it. I didn't really get it. I thought there was more to it, you know, because I, I couldn't, you can't see what the person's doing. So then I, I downloaded it. I was like, you don't, you don't do anything. You don't, <laughs> you don't tell them where to shoot. You don't really, you just move around and you just pick up these upgrades. But then it becomes this like crazy. Okay, well, this run, I got the Bible. Okay, let's let's make it a Bible run. And this this run is, let's try and see if garlic works. But it's a game that plays itself in a lot of ways, but it's super, super fun. Um, it also uh, has its own style that towards the end, when you're getting towards the 30-minute mark, is impossible to tell what's going on on the screen. <laughs> but it, 
I just had so much way. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's moving at like pixels a second. Um, but it's so creative in the way that they were able to find things that synergize well and, and just create this experience that although it may seem simple on the surface can be complex depending on how you want to tackle it. And if you want to repeat it, but it's also like a great game to just have going and watch a TV show. And there was no game besides my number one that I played more this year than vampire survivors. And that's probably because I would just say, Oh, I'm a fire up a run and watch a, you know, a episode of X TV show. And each time I would do something different. I pick a different character, pick a different level, and they're still adding to it. It really didn't yeah. officially come out until later this year. Um, All for the price of what? $4. Yeah. It, it's, it's less than five bucks. It's on game pass now. So you yeah. can, I think get it on both Xbox or PC. It, it's the type of game that I think so many people will look at and turn up their nose. And then you say, just, just try it, just try it. And then they try it and they're like, okay, I get it. Okay. I'm this is my obsessed. life now. This is what I'm I do. I play obsessed. this game. That's all I do. Yeah, I think more than anything, the reason that I need to include it or I needed to include it on the list for me personally is the influence that I think it's going to have on so many games for next year and maybe even longer Um, in the same way, you know, I think roguelikes kind of took over and started with one game and, and now they're just everywhere. I think the inactive game where I've already seen a couple where, you know, some just add this ability to, okay, now you can aim. We'll let you aim or we'll let you do this. But Vampire Survivors started it and is um, by far uh, the most addicting game that you would look at and go, there's no way I would get addicted to that. <laughs> yes, you know I loved this game. Uh, it is, uh, it's an amazing thing. And it, it, one person made it? Yeah. Incredible. You can play with one hand? Yep. Incredible. Uh, and yet here we are. Uh, no, your number two game of the year, Vampire Survivors. Christian Spicer, what is your number two game of the year? Well, um, I think we'll be talking about it again later. Uh, This is the only game on my list that I did not beat. And I think it is a very rare occurrence that I have a game on my favorites of the year that I did not beat, whatever that entails. I I might've said like Fortnite one year and it's like, you don't beat that. Um, But Typically, if a game is going to be on my top five, I saw credits because I I rarely danish a game that's on my top five. But that's yeah. exactly what I did in this. Um, and I loved it. And I loved every minute of it. I bought it multiple times and I have no regrets buying it multiple times. And it's Elden Ring. I think what Elden Ring brought to the table of the open world game is something that felt fresh and connected with me in a way that I think Breath of the Wild did for a lot of other people in terms of bringing something new and different to an open world formula that has been arguably perfected by Horizon uh, Zero Dawn or Far Cry 5 or you know an Assassin's Creed pre-Valhalla, whatever, Odyssey or Origins. And Elden Ring took... I think a lot of what I think is great about open worlds and, oh, there's a thing over there and I want to go there and I bet it's meaningful. And Jeff, you talk about it in Bethesda games of like having important things and story moments happen around every corner. And Elden Mm. Ring delivered that for me, but also cut out a lot of the stuff that often 
bothers me in open world games. The your son is that you know dying but why don't you go pick some lilac for an hour uh or greet any uh random npc and nothing is meaningful but they're they're there because towns need to have hundreds of people walking around in them and elden ring is like there's five people on the map you know <laughs> that are npcs <laughs> uh one of them you think is an npc and then it kills you and you're <laughs> you know like and i think what it does to the souls formula as well and i'll stop talking some slut anthony uh, I can talk about it later. Spoilers. Um, I'm guessing. Um, maybe not. I'll keep talking. Um, My number seven of, game. <laughs> number seven. In, in terms of how it uh, opens up the Souls formula, where I talked a lot about um, uh, Sekiro, uh, whenever year that was of like loving that game. But I got to a point where it's, and it was my most played Xbox game, whatever year it came out. And I think folks were surprised by that because I, I quit talking about it on the show, mostly because I kind of got to a point where I was hammer, head, wall, nail, all of those things, immovable object, rock hard place. Um, and Elden Ring, while I did not finish, I never felt that I got to that point. You could go grind mobs or pick harder enemies in areas you've already been. And then the the new environments that I did get to after the the major bosses I did take down it's like you think that you knew what that game was. And then all of a sudden it's this vastly different environment or environment that's much more similar to a prior Souls game. And you see how the formula layers on top of that. I mean, it is, there's a reason why it sold what it did. There's a reason why it resonated with so many people, I think. And it came out early in the year. And while I don't think I'll ever roll credits in the game, because it's just too big for me. It's like going to the big Texan and ordering the, eat the steak, you know, the 72 ounce steak or no, you get it for free. I never will get that steak for free, but I loved every hour of Elden Ring that I played. And it, it may very well be my most played game of the year in terms of hours, especially considering the amount I played on PlayStation and then the amount I played again on Steam Deck. It's a, a phenomenal game. And I would say, I think more people should play it, but I think everybody's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the game that defines the year. Uh, I think uh, if people look back on 2022, that's going to be the game that that uh, that represents this year in gaming. And it certainly sales wise crushed everything and certainly an impact and cultural relevance and all the all the metrics you want to measure. Um, you, you, you mentioned Danish and Danishing a game. Uh, I am ashamed to say Danish has offered numerous times to try to schedule time to sort of uh, shepherd me through Sherpa me. Uh, into the game and 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 show me the love try to instill the love of this game on me this is just one that i and, and I, it's on me because i i just haven't been able to schedule it and life is too crazy but um i want to i i want to find the love in this game and i just i don't enjoy being in that world i i, I the aesthetically it, it it doesn't grab me i i i have a hard time being curious about what's around the next corner um but I should just shut up gross, because I gross I stuff, gross yeah. things that will kill you. But, but I think it's the, fun storytelling well, you're, beats. You're too. talking about, you know, wh- why I love things like Horizon Forbidden West. And it, it's just not that, you know, um, but that's just that's just a personality quirk for me. So I'll, I'll shut up and let uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second one. Anthony that speaks next. I will say <laughs> to be like everything to, <laughs> to play up to my part. Uh, uh, Vampire Survivor was my was my six. That sure, Bayonetta sure, sure. was like. I have I have the, the note. That they were right. tearing at each other. My number two. 
my number two is God of War Ragnarok, uh, which uh, for everything we talked about when Anthony brought it up at number four on his list, um, I there are moments in that game that will stay with me forever. There's a barroom brawl that like I, I think about all the time, just how it was executed. Uh, the, you know, there are, there are incredible things that happen in that game. There's the way that a certain character uses color. There are, there, this game has like throwaway moments that are better than entire games. Um, and it, it just excels on every level as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it, it is some of the most satisfying, fun combat that i can imagine i love the challenge of it i love the way the game allows you to challenge yourself with the combat i love the number of options i always have at my disposal and the game keeps giving me more and more options as i go on of just ways to be creative in the combat and do something and oh man did i get bored using that weapon oh i've got another one that i can you know i'll switch them up mid combo or do all kinds of wild crazy things and uh other playable characters in this one. It just is so fun, visually stunning and gorgeous. A world that is interesting to me. NPCs that are fleshed out and fascinating and well acted. Um, a delivery, the, the single camera thing is, is so compelling and so interesting the way the camera moves through the world. There's just nothing I don't like about God of War Ragnarok. It is, exceptional on every level it's it's top tier craftsmanship of a video game uh and it it delivers a just a thunderous powerful fun experience it's like it's to me it's it's a it's a pinnacle of game design and uh a worthy successor to one of the greatest games ever god of war 2018 can i uh jump anthony in line and do my favorite game of the year real quick while we're here uh well, I was going to, before we get to number relevant. one, before we get to number okay. one, I was Sorry, just gonna listeners. Say, just going to say, hey, <laughs> if you like our content, consider being a patron at patreon.com slash DLC pod. Uh, the future is uncertain. Our future is uncertain. You've probably heard fewer and fewer ads uh, through the year. Uh, advertising on podcasts is uh, in disarray. Uh, I know I have many podcasts and all of our advertising is is uh it's getting harder to come by um we really only survive uh because of patrons um we're hoping to get to a thousand patrons uh in the next couple of months um we're we're only a, a couple of hundred away uh and if you listen to the show and you'd like to support it uh we have tiers of content i, I talk about it at the beginning uh, of rewards but even if you you know you can't afford that much a month. Uh, any amount is is helpful and useful and appreciated. Of course, if it causes you any kind of financial hardship, we would not want you to uh, support the show. But if you are able, uh, we certainly would appreciate it. All right, that's our little advertisement. But Christian Spicer, you wanted to jump in line again, breaking the well-established <laughs> rules. Well, we were here until yeah. you know, I mean I also could have jumped you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Anthony showed no, restraint as we kept no, spoiling his number talk one. Talk about TM TMNT Shredder's event because <laughs> we were still on twos. Then we now know, hit the I end know. of two. Okay, okay, we we're just giving you God. some guff. 
All right, Holy Christian, I... your number one is Last of Us Part Gotham One. Gotham Knights. Thank you. Last of Us Part One, the <laughs> PS5 version. What they brought to the combat. Um, it's God of War, and uh what I want to add to what you both have said that I could not disagree with more. Uh, is what what I found so refreshing about it was, and I know it got knocked for for like helpful NPCs chatting too much, but I loved the puzzles in God of War Ragnarok, not because they were the witness, not because they were even difficult puzzles per se. And I think the beauty of them is that they happened in the level. I talked about the level design uh, of Ali Ali World, and God of War Ragnarok just added minor or sometimes larger than that puzzle elements into the broader playscape um, that I felt wasn't present in 2018. So you'd be in an awesome combat encounter, but then also need to do things within the environment to open up the next combat room or to get to a place. And it happened so seamlessly most of the time for me in my playthrough that I found it really refreshing. And I loved how they tweaked the formula from 2018 to this one of creating a game that could be very open at times and give you numerous tasks and checklists and things to do, but also a game that could feel very focused, very uncharted in terms of or, or Tomb Raider. Um, you know, you have the singular path and it didn't feel like you were missing out on side content when you were following that singular path. And when you went and did the side content, that side content felt needy and worthwhile and interesting. And, you know, during our spoiler chat, Jeff, you and I both learned that we missed something kind of large yeah. the side content story yeah. beat that we just didn't experience. And we played a lot of that game and it didn't feel like when you're doing that side content, then that the main mission is being left unattended to. I think they balanced all of that stuff really well. And then my point to the combat would be the way that they can have one of the most satisfying weapons in all of games, but then also have moments where you don't use that yeah. and have that not feel crappy. Right. Is incredible i can't imagine like hey we have check out this this axe it's incredible everybody loves it great now we're gonna make them use this wet fish for an hour (laughs) (laughs) and i i didn't miss the axe um and I, i think it's a hell of a fish um it's just such a testament to games and i think also to what sony is able to make on their hardware there are other games that have come out that just pale in comparison to a game that runs great on a base PS4. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. They are How is wizards that possible? Yeah. over there. And uh, for all the reasons you said in those is why God of War Ragnarok is my favorite game of 2022. Favorite game. Number one favorite game. Objectively best game, according to Christian Spicer. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. It might be accurate for, for God of War Ragnarok. I might you know, die on that hill to say that it is the best. But <laughs> Anthony Taormina. We all wait with bated breath. What is your number one most favorite game of 2022? Well, outside of last year, when you and I both picked It Takes Two, usually when I pick the number one, I say, it's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I suspected that would be the case. Christian kind of surprised me, honestly. Uh, he and I had a conversation in June where he talked about, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to do it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's what my wife says also, by the way, man, but yeah, Elden Ring is my game of the year. Um, no question. Um, look, when they first announced the game and started talking about it and saying open world game and, and certain things like that, I got concerned. Maybe uh, other fans did, too. 
because a lot of the things that I love about the uh, Souls games is the kind of curated, handcrafted elements. And open world games tend to put a lot of fluff and put a lot of like just uh, filling out, padding the hours. Um, and I was worried, okay, well, we're, are we not, how are bosses going to work? Because, you know, making these curated places, you usually go and you go and you find a boss at this open world. How am I going to do this? Well, this game has so many curated areas on top of the open world. The open world is amazing. And there are so many bosses in this game. So many great bosses. So many bosses that will just uh, beat you to a pulp uh, and be wearing almost no clothes while doing it. Um, <laughs> Which is also it, what yeah, Christian's wife says. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. I mean, I'm, Hey, you keep those jokes up, Jeff. You keep those. <laughs> no matter what, I think there are a few games on the level of a from software game that just elicits a certain type of uh, feeling from me in terms of the gameplay. Other games try and replicate it with the the different you know builds and dodging or parrying or whatever or you know, just ducking right under a big giant boss's sword and they just can't get it perfect. But from software always seems to nail it. I adore almost every game that they've made. And this game is, I think probably my favorite that they've ever made because it's just, it compiles all those elements. It's bigger, it's better, it's more refined, but also has so much creativity on display. The lore is kind of, you know, absurd how deep it goes. And so many of like the items I love to read in other souls games, but this, it just, I want to buy all the books they put out and, and kind of just dig into this world. There's really nothing about Elden ring that from a souls fan, I did not absolutely enjoy from beginning to end. Um, I played it multiple times with different builds and yeah, it was just, and then steam deck came out and I was like, Oh my God, I can play it on steam deck. And yeah, it's just, it's just such a, such a treat. And I hope that though I would love for them to, uh, from software that is, you know, make more games and, and kind of learn from this lesson. I feel like we're stuck in Elden Ring. I feel like Elden Ring (laughs) 2 is now in Armored Core 6. Yeah, but I feel like Elden Ring 2 is now. Your next favorite game is Armored Core 6. (laughs) Well, that's. (laughs) I hope not. <laughs> I hope, it, but yeah, I feel like now we're stuck. I feel like Elden Ring Two is 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 next because of how well it did and all and all that. But if they make another one of these, I will still be very happy because it was an incredible experience. That, um, you know, hour one, hour ten, hour thirty, hour forty, hour eighty, something crazy happened each each one of those. I hope they make part two and they call it Tears of the Kingdom. So it's just spelled the same as Zelda. (laughs) That's kind of like when, you know, Red Dead came out. As somebody who uh, works in the website world, when we were like, we're calling it Red Dead Redemption 2. Everyone's like, you're not going to call it Red Dead Redemption 2. It's like, uh, do you know how well Red Dead Redemption did? I feel like we're just, yeah, Elden Ring 2 is inevitable. Yeah. You can't not have it happen. Yeah. Armored Core 6 will be called Elden Ring 2 by SEO tags. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) <laughs> um 
I, you know, every time we talk about this game, I feel inadequate. I feel like I'm missing out on something, and I feel like uh, there's something wrong with me because I don't enjoy. Also, what your wife said. <laughs> but usually, you're just like, okay, Anthony, put it on my list. But it's because Christian also. Put I know. And that's that's you know that's the real night. Can I tell you something truthfully, Anthony? There's part of me that thinks he doesn't even really like it. He just did it to spite me. He just did it to make me feel bad. You know, I mean, like That's I said, I keep he, doing this show. Yeah, I, in, June, <laughs> in June, he said, I think it is going to make my list. Yeah. And then he also said, Jeff's going to put Horizon on there. I don't like Horizon. What do you think about Horizon? And I was like, I don't really like Horizon. Either. I know. Now I'm and the odd we man. Cut our, out. We, cut, we cut our palms. We bled yep. and we shook on it <laughs> for the ring, for the Elden ring. Uh, <laughs> all right. So number ones we've heard. God of War Ragnarok from Christian Spicer, who jumped the line and just spoke out of turn. Elden Ring from Anthony Taormina. My number one, I wonder if you guys can guess it. I don't want you to guess it, but I, I wonder if you can. Uh, it, the thing that's amazing to me, I never thought in, in the year of our Lord, 2022, I would uh, put a mobile game as number one. But my number one is... Vampire Survivors. Oh, Vampire Survivors! Dang, you're playing it cool. I was singing Dave, about you it. Dave Chendas. I, you I, just I, Dave Chendas. I served. Yeah. Um, Vampire Survivors. Now, when I was talking about uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and I said uh, there's nothing in gaming that is more satisfying than taking down a robot dinosaur. Uh, I was I, I wasn't lying, but now I feel like I might have been lying because there is something more satisfying, and that is. Killing a billion D things that are all swarming you. The, I remember reading when Diablo three was was uh, coming out, and all you know the Blizzard de- the developers were talking about how like they just wanted you to feel OP all the time. Like that was the design goal was like feel OP all the time. There is no more feeling of OP than a perfect or a well-executed vampire survivor build in minute 30 when you realize I'm going to win this game and, and there is nothing that can stop me. There is nothing. Bring on the hordes. And you just see numbers exploding all around you like fireworks. It is the most satisfying thing in existence. It's just, it's a glorious and, and who, who as Anthony said, who could have predicted this tiny little $4 game made by one person that doesn't look like much to even look at it, that can be played with one hand, is so addictive, so fun, so unlike anything I'd played before, as Anthony said, it, it, it's, it is starting its own subgenre. It will, there will be survivor likes. Uh, vampire survivors likes uh, there already are i own a couple of them on steam but this is the king this is this and and as much as i think most people will will think of elden ring when they think of 2022 i will think of vampire survivors when i think of 2022 it also doesn't make it, it's a rogue type that i think doesn't make you think it is because it's not punishing in its death because right. It, technically it's right it's like clear map new thing new items new order in which you get them but it's refreshing in the way that it does that that it never feels bad like oh this was the run i had it because 
I think you can get close multiple times. I will say, if we're doing one of our favorite podcasting moments of the year, one of my favorite moments of this show, Jeff, was like two weeks after you spent an hour talking up the virtues of a garlic-based run. And you were <laughs> then you came back, you did the Jeff grabs the mic moment and went, I was an idiot. Don't do garlic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's the joy. I mean, Anthony talked about it. It, it. That's the joy is that you the the game funnels you into these different things. You can you can feel like, oh, I, I found the key to 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 win. And then you're forced to change it up because the circumstances and you're and then you discover something new and and how often this game is updated and how much content is constantly being thrown at you. And, and it, it, you know, it's just so satisfying. It's so fun. It's so addictive. It, you know, wandering into an area that you haven't been to in a couple of minutes and just seeing the sea of blue dots that you <laughs> left there is so fun and joyous. And it's just simple, pure boiled down to the most fun concentration of of elements of a role-playing game man what a triumph what a triumph that game is again made by one person just a pure idea that worked well and changed gaming will change gaming forever and i think that that's a pretty powerful thing so um i you know i went uh, I I went back and forth uh, with my list in a lot of ways, but I knew this game way back when we started playing. And also in a year that really for me is defined in a lot of ways by the Steam Deck, this was my first Steam Deck game. This was my first like, oh, this is perfect on a Steam Deck. The quick resume is perfect for this game. Pick it up and play it for, you know, 20 minutes. As long as you can, it's just so great. It's so great. Vampire Survivors. And now it's, you can play it on mobile. You can play it on game. It's everywhere. And I think more people are discovering it as well. And, you know, it, it's just, it's phenomenal. I am shocked. And I think, you know, any other day we would have recorded this. That's like 50-50 chance. It would have made my number five over Bayonetta three. And if it had made my five, would it have been our show's game of the year? Like, I think there's still an argument to be made for. I mean, I think God of War Ragnarok is the easy choice. I also would not. I'm saying right now it's not on my top five and I'm not allowed to say any more than that because of you jerks. But I would not be opposed. (laughs) Here's what's interesting. My number one is your number two, Christian. And my number two is Jeff's number one. And so those I feel like cancel each other out. And I feel I feel like it's God of War. Yeah, because God of War is number four, number one, and number two. That feels pretty powerful. It does feel pretty powerful. I mean, it's also the most predictable choice for our show. Yeah. But I mean, I kind of would love Vampire Survivors to be there, but I I can't argue with the logic of God of War Ragnarok. And I I, I mean, it's worthy. It's worthy. Um, Did you... Did you play much Midnight Suns? Maybe that'll be another five. I don't want to spoil something. I'm, I'm, I just feel like that was the game that was like, yeah. this is this is Spark of Hope. This is Jeff's catnip. I, and he's going to get a divorce. Midnight Suns is a lot stop. different than Spark of it's Hope. It's very different. It's not, it's not XCOM. Card-based It's not stuff XCOM. Is, but it's still... But you a, love card-based stuff. I do love card-based. It's still a thing I love. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and it's dating Iron Man, which you also love doing. Dude... Here's the thing. I, I need to play more of it. And I'm going to play more of it. I've... I think the voice acting is very bad. It is very bad. And so much of the game is listening to the voice acting. So mm-hmm. much of it. And it's very bad. It's very bad. 
it it really shows you the benefit of something like uh, God of War, where they have the actors in a volume acting with each other. Because Marvel Vacation Simulator, you know, something with top tier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel Midnight Suns is is so obviously like we got each person in in the booth, and they said their forty lines, and they didn't know the line that introduced it. And it's just it just feels like this empty, hollow, soulless delivery. And I feel bad. They have talent. I think it's the same Spider-Man. I think it's Insomniac Spider-Man voice actor doing Spider-Man. I think they have like yeah. I mean, people who yeah. want to be doing the voices doing There's them. so much story in it. There's much more story than I expected for a Firaxis game. And that's, that's on a, I mean, on paper, that's awesome. But I, every time someone talks, I'm just like, oh. And they're having like, Tony Stark is like played as the wisecracking goofball and None of the jokes feel like they, they, I think they're well-written jokes. They're just delivered in an empty, you know, you know how that, when you do a joke, that's a response to someone, but you didn't hear the prompt. So the rhythm is wrong. The, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's uh anyway, but I plan to play a lot more. It's, of it. it's weird. It's the, weird. The game that you guys all thought I was going to have is my number one. Yes. Uh, which, is which Mar- didn't even make your five. I know. It doesn't make any, that doesn't, part feels of, like you were trying to trick me and Christian. Part of my reasoning for not putting it in my top five was, was to swerve you because I thought it would be fun. But, um, but also like, I, I have a hard time giving it to, to that game. Uh, that's a pure mobile, like, it's a great, I mean, Marvel Snack is great. It's great and well designed and worthy of any award it gets. I decided what I would do because we have, you know, other categories that we're going to get to shortly. Um, so I, I decided to invent a category, which is game from 2022. I'll be playing the most in 2023. And that's Marvel Snap. I feel like that of all the games, even Vampire Survivors, I'll probably be playing more Marvel Snap in 2023 than I play Vampire Survivors in 2023. So... I expect to be playing a lot of Marvel Snap this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a great game. It's a great game. Um, all right. Is, are there any other um, missing ones on either of your lists? Like, um, I was, I was kind of, I, I thought God of War Ragnarok would be your number one, Christian, but I, I was kind of starting to doubt myself for, for a moment there. Uh, but I didn't know what else might make it. I mean, things that did not make my list, and you guys will give me crap for, and it's not another five, because I think it got respect it deserved, and it was a big game, and I really thought there was a chance it would be on my list at some point, because I, I loved it. I, I still love it, um, but there's a bigger part of it that didn't keep me, and that's Witch Queen for Destiny 2. Mm. Like, that yeah. eight-hour campaign of Witch Queen was some of the best first-person shooting video game i've played a great story it felt like a complete awesome game the problem is there was like just enough of like do next season and i was like no (laughs) that kind of kept it out but that is a pure experience which queen which queen i thought was phenomenal but it didn't make it i agree agree with that 100 percent. but yeah i uh i don't think anything destiny will ever make my list anymore oh no have you had a falling out with destiny no no i still i still play it it's just you know there there's that you know like initial high kind of like i i'm sure you've you experienced with wow of like the initial high of the expansion launch and then like yeah uh (laughs) 
I'm I'm flying a lot of dragons right now, so I can't quite relate to that. But yes, I know. Sure. But okay, in like a month from now, when I'm like, how's that going? You're like, ah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, all right, let's get to our uh, our five um, diamonds in the rough. Again, this is not six through 10. These are not the games that would make our six. It's probably games that would six through 10. As the guys have mentioned, there's a sixes and sevens. These are games that really just deserve to be brought up again. Uh, Anthony, I'll let you do all five of yours. I don't know if you okay. put them in order, but um, I'd love you to go five to one if if so. Uh, oh no um okay so five is metal hellsinger oh um, really it, wow yeah i really really enjoyed it i have never i know that other game it was like bpm i think was the other game that this is similar thing where you're um you, you know you're pulling the trigger so to speak um in tune with a beat mm-hmm. i really enjoyed metal hellsinger it's got you know it's kind of like doom it's got a very kind of hellish uh, set of landscapes but i really like the soundtrack i just really enjoyed getting into that flow um i think it's on game pass i might be yeah, wrong it is. it is um then uh moon scars which is a kind of a side scrolling souls like souls like right? yeah, yeah. Uh, i re- i really enjoyed the art style in that very kind of muted colors uh so the kind of reds of the enemies pops a bit um i i I always, at least once a year, uh, find a kind of side scrolling souls like that really resonates with me. And that was moon scars, um, steel rising. Uh, I talked about it on the podcast. I think the last time I was on, it's a, it's a souls like from spiders who made greed fall. Uh, and it's set like you're a robot and you're like in revolutionary France. So you're kind of fighting, uh, like you're fighting for Marie Antoinette and you're kind of going up against some like alternate history people, but you're fighting big giant mechs, uh, very creative art style. I really like the combat. I think they toned it down in such a way that it was really approachable. Um, so it's not like the hardcore souls like, but I had a good time playing it. Um, my number two would be escape Academy. Oh, wow. I, yeah. You love that. Yeah. I love the, just the kind of like escape room setup. Yeah. It's, they're all the puzzles that they do are very well done. Um, there's a hint system. If you're, you know, you're not the type of person that, uh, you know, just kind of likes that type of thing, but you do like subtle puzzles. Um, but I, yeah, I always just was like, wow, these, these are all creative. They don't repeat the same things. And, and I had a good time with it. And then I guess my number one diamond in the rust rough is evil West, which is a game that I think a lot of people love, uh, cowboy fighting vampires you know i was sold on it um the only reason it wouldn't make my top 10 is it gets a little tedious it starts to throw like it has that problem that a lot of games have where you fight a boss and then the boss becomes a regular enemy and then the boss you know all these bosses become regular enemies but it throws too many at you i think that's probably because they offer co-op and they just wanted you to play in co-op but I really had a ton of fun in it, with it. It's really satisfying. You have like these electro gloves. And so you're just punching monsters in the face. Um, and yeah, the combat's got a really satisfying kind of almost God of war element of, you know, strategic dodges, maybe some parryings, and then just beating monsters up. And a lot of people have said it kind of compares to like the character action games that you used to see in like the 360 era. And I think that's like a perfect description. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out, but uh, don't don't pay like 60 bucks for it. 
because uh, most people will probably be like, eh, this isn't so great, but I loved it. I had a great time with it. That's awesome. Uh, really, really great list. Uh, can you just say the titles again real quick? Metal Hellsinger, Moon Scars, uh, Evil West, Steel Rising, and Escape Academy, but not in that order. All right. It's, it's unfortunate that Evil West and Weird West came out the same year. I was like, that's a little confusing, but um, very cool. Uh, Christian Spicer, your five diamonds in the rough. I mean, I'm going to put this one at number five, but I feel stupid doing it because uh, I did not think that we would talk about it the way we did. I thought it would be a diamond in the rough, but it's clearly not. But I'm still going to say it. Vampire Survivors. I thought it was <laughs> like, I, I, it's like we talk about it, but I don't know if like enough people talk about it. So that's why I included it here. Like, it's one of those things that's like, yeah, 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 you talk about it, but you don't play it. I'm going to move on. But that I'm going to put it at number five just because of literally you know, my number one up. game of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I was, yeah. So I was like, eh, I don't I put it on, we put it on almost every category for like game of game awards voting. And it like only ended up on India. I was like, what are these? Are these people nuts? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to leave it there. We've talked about it enough. Um, roller drome, which I, you know, it's, uh, you're roller skating, not rollerblading, but it's Tony Hawk meets uh, murder sim, um, in a really fun, cool world and environment and an art style, like an aesthetic, the way you do tricks to reload, it really, as you talked about, Jeff, a lot on the show, like uh, indie games kind of doing a thing or finding a thing from other games and then finding a way to make that the game. I think it's really compelling, a really fun world. And I don't think enough folks uh, checked it out. So that'd be four. Um, three, a Leckhead, which I know folks mm. on our Discord have talked about. What a beautiful, fun platformer where the puzzles... I think I had to look up a couple of like solutions, but I love 2D platformers. And I, a leck head is you're this little bot where you take your head off. It, it's electrified and you can throw it to electrify things in the environment to make things happen. And it does the Mario 1-1 really well of like teaching you a mechanic that then you later use or showing you something that like, oh, this screen here interacts with this screen in that way. And it teaches by doing in a really effective way. And it, it did not overstay its welcome. So I really loved a Leck head. Um, and then I would say neon white, which mm. I think I've seen on some outlets like actual faves, but I still don't think enough people have played. Um, what holds that back for me is I, I think the anime story is a little, you know, grit my teeth and get through it to get to the next sweet speed run that the speed runs uh, again, it, you know, at Mario ones, ones very well in terms of, uh, teaching by doing i love it and it's great on steam deck and then um kirby and the forgotten land i i, I was wondering I if I that game would make an appearance yeah i think i need to scream it because people you know when they play it it they really like it and i think it demoed poorly which i'm hoping for spoken also just demoed poorly <laughs> um but that demo they released of kirby i don't think did it enough favors in terms of showing you how it unravels and the, the final boss battle is uh, Anthony. You might like it. It's the souls. No, I mean, yeah. it, it, it gets harder than other spots of the game. The creativity and the whimsy in it. Um, it's a, it's a treat and it's a switch game that came out this year. That looks beautiful. Whereas a lot of switch games um, showed the problems of an aging hardware. And Kirby was not one of them. Kirby and the forgotten land. It's really, really good. I think that was five. One, two. Yeah, that was five. Very cool. Uh, again, just say those titles. Yes, sir. Roller Drome. Oh, Vampire Survivors. <laughs> <laughs> Roller Drome. 
Aleckhead, Neon White, Kirby, and the Forgotten Land. All right. Uh, my five dark horses are uh, number five, Circus Electrique, which uh, was written by uh, our friend, friend of the show, uh, Chris Baker, who, who was on to promote it. Uh, but man, what a cool, cool universe, cool game. It, it's a uh, Darkest Dungeon-like, uh, but set in a really interesting steampunk circus setting. Really cool, really cool game. Underappreciated, not enough people talking about it. Really dug that game. Uh, Moss Book 2. You know I had to get a VR game in here somewhere. I think this is the best VR game that came out this year, that I played at least. And uh, a, a worthy sequel to Moss. Beautiful, wonderful, charming utterly gorgeous uh and hopefully more people will get to play it now that when psvr2 comes out this next year uh moss book 2 is great and i love playing through it um nobody saves the world is my number three what an awesome awesome game this is uh where you're mixing and matching powers from all kinds of different characters that you uh cobble to transform into and just awesome incredibly addictive gameplay uh, i love the art style it, nobody saves the world again too underrated i think it's on game pass i want to say it's on game pass it was not anymore at least i don't i don't know mm. uh great great game great steam deck game nobody saves the world uh, i will echo christian's my number two roller drome man this game's awesome and it's another one of those mashups of disparate Styles like a shooter and a Tony Hawk game. What? How does that work? Oh, it works really, really well. Super cool aesthetic, tight controls, incredibly fun. I wish there was like 10 times more game there. I wish there was like more to do, uh, but it's a blast, man. It's, I, I love Rollerdrome. And then my number one underappreciated game of the year. I guarantee you I'm the only one talking about this game. I sung its praises on the show uh, on in one episode. I wish I should have talked about it way more. I've played so much of this game. I absolutely adore it. It's called Four Tales, F-O-R-E-T-A-L-E-S, Four Tales. And it is a card-based storytelling game. Utterly genius. I mean, yes, there's combat, but it is so much more about utilizing your environment, pushing your luck, figuring out ways to move through this world and and uncover story elements all all of it expressed through cards great art awesome world uh anthropomorphized animals in this uh in this sort of scummy kind of uh underworld really great ah four tales not enough people are talking about that game it's excellent so there you have it, my top five, Circus Electrique, Moss Book 2, Nobody Saves the World, Roller Drome, and Four Tales. Pretty great year in video games, fellas. Um, are there Ooh. any other, you know, I, I was struggling to find a place to put uh, Return to Monkey Island, which I thought was great. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any other, you know, just... Uh, I'm, I'm glad you shouted the praises of Nobody Saves the World. It's a game that I, you know, uh, lo- I played it. 
I unlocked all the characters. I did everything in that game. Uh, that and Cult of the Lamb were one of those games where it was like, okay, you give me a list of things to do, like all the whatever upgrades to get. I'm going to get all of them. And yeah, I love Nobody Saves the World, but it came out, I think, January. So not yeah, most people. Yeah, really early. It. Yeah, it gets it gets swallowed up. You know, people forget about it. But man, what a great game. Great game. Um, I have four others that didn't make that like my five underrated but i think need to be talked about uh celebrated in a way and i'll just uh say the switch is representing a lot of this um splatoon 3 i raved about it on this show still a great multiplayer game i don't think enough folks are talking about splatoon 3 river city girls 2 Hmm. caveat on pc i love brawlers on pc you can play with the acceptable frame rate um so wait for those console patches they're coming a game that we didn't talk about. I thought maybe it would be in someone's top five um, on Game Pass, uh, Plague Tale Requiem, mm, yeah. which is one. Very good. Uh, Asobo, is that the developer? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. My, oh, I don't know. My my daughter yeah. is super into playing. Remember the old Connect game, Disney Park Adventure or whatever it is? Like, uh, Yeah, uh, we, me, and the, me and the boy play it a lot. Yeah, it's, a, it's non, it's, it's, you can play it without a connect and my, my daughter loves it. Same developer. Also, as I was doing the Wikipedia dive, they also did flight sim. Yes. What an incredibly talented developer. That's diversity uh, right there. Huh? And, and, and then um, the other one that could have been, I wrestled with including on my other fives because I think it's fantastic and a return to form for the franchise in a lot of ways. And I hope they continue it is tiny Tina's wonderland. Mm. I think that yeah. came out Super like fun. borderlands three kind of soured me on borderlands and tiny tina's it's my current uh drop uh umbrella in Fortnite is uh the unicorn i'll leave it at that um they got to bring that character over tiny tina's is funny super fun it plays well really yeah. fun game yeah yeah uh, the game that i'm surprised none of us brought up is tunic i thought oh, Anthony, yeah, you yeah. might bring that one up uh which yeah. i i just try to find a place for as well uh, and then another game um, that I think is a worthy sequel to a game that was my game of the year several years ago, Rogue Legacy 2. Great game. Great, yeah. great game. Um, all right, let's do a, a couple of other side categories. We always do biggest disappointment. I think I know Christians. I do. Ooh. I think I know Christians Will you as guess well. it? Is it Gotham Knights? Is it, is it Gotham Knights? Man, I, I was torn between Gotham Knights and um pokemon scarlet violet really wow i really loved legends and i was really excited about what scarlet violet would bring to the table and so those are the two that like because then scarlet violet kind of again showed the legs (laughs) of the switch running out getting a a cramp here in the this year Um, but yes gotham knights would be it but it, I was torn between those two. Gotham Knights from a studio I loved and Arkham Origins, I thought was such a fun game, especially after patches. And my favorite, my favorite character, my, my favorite comic book character, one of my favorite characters in fiction yeah. of all time. Batman, uh, they kill him. <laughs> no, Ra's al Ghul. I was out. You know, I'm a big Ra's head. Um, it, it 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 really it it's, that game really bums it's me out. A massive it, disappointment that game. Yeah, it it stinks on PC. I, was, I wasn't even looking forward console. to that game, and it almost made my biggest disappointment. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony, yeah, good what, guess. What was your biggest disappointment? Uh, my biggest disappointment, Saints Row. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I Saints Row the Third uh, resonated with me on a level that I I don't know. It was just the I was obsessed with dubstep as like a meme at the time. Uh, I grew up loving Sublime. There's a you know that sequence where you're singing. <laughs> singing with your the guy who's driving with you so it just it it has a special place in my heart in terms of the comedy and i think the combat was really fun and different and this saints row is just generic and bland and uh it, it just doesn't have any of the personality that i liked um it felt like they were trying to be more grand theft auto but then got some criticisms and tried to like shove some humor in it at the last minute but it just feels forced uh and i yeah definitely my biggest disappointment mm. Yeah. Yeah. That one landed with a thud. Um, I was struggling with this one, actually. Um, I think my biggest disappointment, honestly, was the Starfield delay. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, <laughs> not uh, fair. <laughs> I will put, uh, I will say Sonic Frontiers because, hmm. uh, I, I, it, it's stupid that it's my biggest disappointment because you can see it coming a mile away. Like, when's the last time a Sonic 3D Sonic game has not been a disappointment? And yet, somehow I got a lot of hope for that game. And it, it is, there's something about it that's, as we talked in our, you know, discussion of it on the show, there's something about it that's kind of compelling, but ultimately it's a disappointing game and huh. it could have been I a lot love, better. I love it, but I don't disagree. I, I love it as a I seven. also enjoyed it. That, uh, there's you know, something that about that... it that's fun, but also like, it could have been so much better than it is. Sure. So yes. I think it's a disappointment. Um, all right. You guys have a biggest surprise of the year. Uh, Anthony, I ha- yeah. go ahead. Anthony. I, it, I mean, it really was evil West. Mm. Um, just because going into it, I think it looked super generic and, and I, in some ways it is. So I'm not going to, but, uh, I just had so much, it was one of the few games where it came out at a time or I got a code at the time where I was just trying to cram, everything I possibly could to just make sure I had played it. And then I was like, Nope, I got to finish this game. I got to see it through to the end. Um, yeah. So I think I, I would say evil Wester or maybe Sifu in terms of like how much it resonated with me. And I was able to, uh, kind of teach myself to get better at it. I think at, at the wrong time, I easily could have just bounced off that game immediately, but probably evil West is my biggest surprise. Christian. Marvel Snap. Yeah. Um great one. Hard games don't do it for me the way they do. Uh you Jeff, I I liked Hearthstone for the littlest of bit and then I started to see the meta and knew I wouldn't be able to keep up and I bounced um I have bad experience with collectible mobile games. Um I have bad experiences with a lot of mobile games. Which is why I seeing the virtue of the backbone a lot cuz you don't have to play quote unquote mobile games on your phone. Like I like being able to play games with me, but I rarely like quote unquote mobile games. And while the progression, as you've talked about on the show, and and I think the seasons or whatever they're called happen a little too quickly um, for someone who isn't the hardest of hardcore Marvel snap player, what it does, it does really well. Just the, the act of playing the game is fun and rewarding. The art is incredible. I love comic books. Um, they didn't skimp on the art department. They didn't yeah. skimp on the things that make it feel like a worthy marvel thing there was a time where marvel games weren't that you know <laughs> you know like the best part of the box was the red marvel logo um and marvel snap snap is not that and while i am still nervous about what its monetization might be in the future i was shocked 
at how often I would go to it on my phone and uh, squeeze in a game or two here or there. And I, and I also think adding it as a surprise, um, it's not uncommon that I would imagine all three of us get press releases that tout developers from other great games now making a new thing mm-hmm. in that genre. And it's yeah. hard to have that lightning strike twice. Yeah, that's and true. Marvel Snap is that it, that lightning has struck twice 100%. by people who clearly have a great understanding of what makes those types of games click. And I was not expecting it to be as good as it is. Great point. Great point about lightning striking twice. Yeah. Um, I, I put my biggest surprise is the Steam Deck because I did not think that thing was going to be as compelling, as essential to my life as it has become. Yeah, you didn't want it. I didn't you got want it, it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I literally didn't. I didn't think I wanted it. Uh, but it has, it, it exceeded every expectation I had. And it has become like a go-to essential life thing for me. And uh, yeah, shocked. I was shocked how much I love the Steam Deck. I just, I really thought, what do I, gotta, what do I need this for? I, it's COVID. I don't go anywhere. I got a PC. I don't, who, what do I want this for? No, it has been a delight, a delight, and a really cool, just a really cool piece of tech, you know? I heard next year they're making a super ultra-wide Steam Deck. Ooh, give me, <laughs> give me that. Just hold it. <laughs> that was amazing. I would buy that. Um, <laughs> all right, any other uh, categories that you guys have, or we can wrap this up? Well, what's your what's your Marvel Snap category? What, what did Game you from 2022, I'll pl- be playing most in 2023. Marvel Snap. Uh, I I will say uh, I, I teased at the beginning Sony fanboy category of the world. They make games I love. I I could not get Gran Turismo Seven on my list anywhere. Mm. I've dumped hour dumping it means I regret them. I have poured hours into Gran Turismo Seven. I think it's a phenomenal game. The Last of Us Part One we joked about. Um, it's beautiful and it brings mm. the combat of Part Two into Part One. And it makes that game feel fresh in a way that, yes, they've already done a remaster, but th- it's the definitive way to play the game. On uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. Sure. These aren't categories; and, they're just listing more games yeah. that you want. No, I'm saying I, by category is Sony's oh, year. Sony's year. Sony oh, Sony's year. Sony's 2022. Gotcha. And I think you know, what, th- go what on, they Christian. did in the PC space, like really, yeah. really good going PC ports. It. I wish they would come out sooner. Yeah. But Spider-Man on the beefy GP. Miles Morales on the beefy GP. I guess Miles was the 2022 game. Uh, remastered was was last year on PC. Uh, Uncharted on PC is great. Um, and Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, just yep. stunning, stellar top of their, you know, firing on all cylinders, making great games um, within, a, within a lane, arguably. Yeah. But it is my yeah, lane. Stranding on PC? <laughs> Also, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, th- I think the game that uh, it's Gotham Knights actually because I'm just waiting for them to continue. I actually didn't mind it. I liked it. Really? Uh, oh, it's so yeah. bad. I didn't. Uh, no, I actually Please didn't mind it. I, you know, you know, I love me a loot game. You do, and I love me those grindy games. And oh, yeah, I, when I first played sucks. it, I was like, this needs some patches. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of been waiting for them to like, you know, kind of refine the PC performance. And then, yeah, I maybe once I get more, I played, I want to say like six hours and I was like, this is not that bad. Or actually I'm <laughs> enjoying endorsement. 
Well, I, I you know, like, <laughs> I don't not know. Not that bad. Yeah, but yeah, because uh, most of the game, like, when 2023 rolls around, if there's, like, not some lingering stuff, I just, like, I slice the year off. I'm like, gotta focus yeah. on the next year. But I've been waiting um, for, Go- for Gotham Knights to kind of, like, patch its... To to patch itself together in a way that <laughs> yeah, it's together. probably the game I will be playing in January. All right, that, I feel like Midnight yeah. Suns is that game for me that, that I'm going to be playing most in January. If I can get over the voice acting, which is not good. Um, I, the the other biggest surprise I had, Christian, and maybe it's obnoxious to bring it up again, but uh, is uh, DLSS 3.0. I, yeah. Like, I literally am downloading games just that i look at the list of what supports dlss 3.0 and i want to play it it is need for speed you got it that got to be a january game for you need for no, speed unbound so have you played plague tale on pc Jeff? i have i have been playing plague okay. tale just because of the dlss 3.0 yeah it's butter it's gorgeous but yes dude christian uh, it's not this is not the episode to talk about it but i have been playing unbound i have been playing unbound it's awesome it's awesome, dude. The the like the the um into the Spider Verse effects work so well, and I didn't realize they like communicate information to you. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Anyway, I, like from now on, if a game has DLSS 3.0, I am going to give it a shot because it is that yeah. impressive. It is that it, that much of a plus one to me. It's it's. Yeah. I found myself going back to Henry Cavill 40k quite a bit also (laughs) because it's there on the top of my Steam page. Uh, And I'm like, ah, I've got more time than Vampire Survivor, but less time than, (laughs) you know, like other game. Uh, I've been replaying Marvel Spider-Man on PC. This is the most gorgeous game in the world. It's it's sick. Anyway, that's that, that's our 2022. And hey, <laughs> congratulations to God of War Ragnarok for getting DLC's game of the year, the consensus of our show's game of the year. Uh really really amazing and worth Is it the first? Is it the first prequel or sequel double, thing? Yeah. Double that has won both twice? Like uh, it I have to look, but I think so. I think so. And 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 worthy. Very worthy. Um this has been a delight. This is always my favorite episode. Uh, next week's is a good one, too. Next week, Christian and I will be doing our predictions as we do every year. Uh, we have a reckoning from last year's predictions, and we will make bold and cool ranch predictions for 2023. You don't want to miss that. I had a good year, Jeff. Uh, have you gone back and listened? I think I, I think you have, I, too. I wrote it down. I wrote it down when I did it, and I put wow. check marks next to them when they come true, baby. <laughs> I think I had a very bad good. year, actually. Last year, I had a good year, but this year, I think I had a bad one. Anyway, I'll make up for it in 2023. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Taormina, thank you so much for being here, as you are every year. You are an essential part of our show, and we're grateful to have you. Thanks, buddy. Yes, I uh, like I said, look forward to it. It's uh, you know, it's getting together with my friends and talking about video games. I don't think there's anything better in the world than that. Agreed, agreed. Hey, tell folks where they can keep up with uh, all the things that you do online. Uh, so I'm editor in chief of GameRant.com. So if you just kind of want to support uh, me, uh, we'd love if you read our content. As we do uh, around this time of year, we put out a lot of top lists. You know, best. 
looking game, best co-op game, best multiplayer game, best games that came out on game pass, best, you know, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to, if you're looking for, um, a variety of different lists. You're looking for some recommendations for games in 2022 uh, that aren't just the best or um, specific categories. We have a lot of those. And then you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Aunt Termina, A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. Christian, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Oh, uh, I think I talked about it at the end of last week's show and it hasn't started officially yet, but the teaser is out. Um, Mr. David Chen and I will be decoding tv for hbo's the last of us when that starts on january 15th is when the premiere and then our episode will come out i think uh dave's rules within 48 hours of the episode coming out is when our episode will come out so i'm very excited about that like i said the teaser episode like five questions we have about the show that episode has been released no spoilers what i love about dave and decoding tv is the way he approaches shows from the viewer's perspective. So even though he and I have both played the games, we will be going into this HBO series with first time viewers and there won't be spoilers for like what happens later. And we'll be on that ride for, I imagine, you know, based on trailers I've seen of additional content and how um, they, they bring that show to the TV screen. So we're very excited about that. That's that decoding TV where you can find all of that fun stuff when it starts hitting in earnest next year. I'm excited about have, the, the segment that you'll do in each episode where you guys just talk about me. I mean, it's usually like, how would Jeff being here make it better? Um, <laughs> usually as I do a haiku, um, <laughs> Dave does a sonnet. Yeah. We don't want to step on oh, your bed. So, I appreciate you know, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I write a newsletter that you can subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. The last one that went out was my five, my favorites, not games of the year. So things that weren't video games that I really loved and you can subscribe to that. And if you want to get in touch with me and kind of ping and say hi and chit chat, the best way, honestly, is probably uh, DLC's Discord is where I'm hanging out, spending most of my time as, uh, you know, social media continues to burn. <laughs> <laughs> Discord's a great place, though, man. Great place. It's a great place. It's a great place. Good group folks. of folks in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, they're doing the they're doing their favorites of the year right now, so you can get in on that as well. Um, I you can uh, still find me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Um, again, if you want to email us here, it's dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Let us know any games that we egregiously missed. Uh, it would be fun to <laughs> <laughs> fun to to see that um you can also again the the discord five by five dlc is the discord uh there's also a subreddit which is five by five dlc.reddit.com uh check those out uh, i have other shows uh i do a show with dave chen as well it's called the film cast uh defender hardware is also there yep uh, we talk about movies and tv shows uh you can find that wherever you get podcasts i also do a comedy science show with anthony carboni i was almost said termina but anthony carboni uh called uh, we have concerns um, and a uh, sports show called The Fan Controlled Show. Uh, you can find all of that wherever you get podcasts. I'd love to, you to check them out. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Um, thanks again to Anthony Tarami and Christian Spicer. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Uh, again, Madigan.me is where you get Sean Madigan and his family's uh, Christmas song and other music. Um, also on your streaming service where they get paid pennies, but like they're yeah, there. Yeah. Like you can, we've added 
all of his Christmas songs to our Christmas playlist. So good. It's so good. La- They're all great. We heard last year's again, the one about the witch is great. Yes. Um, yes. All right. The biggest thanks, of course, go to our patrons for making the show possible. Uh, we're, we're extremely grateful for all of you. Uh, we're, we're grateful for everybody that listens. Uh, and uh, those of you that find value in us and give value back, thank you at patreon.com slash dlcpod. Our hype train patrons, that's our top tier patrons. Uh, they get their names read out at the end of every episode. So I'm going to do that right now. That's right. During this holiday season, it is especially wonderful to look at our top tier patrons and give them thanks. I'm talking about patrons like Wonder Rob, Kevin Ede, Stephen Seifert, Joe DeFrank, Brian Yordan, Scott Lambert, Hyperboy66, David F., Shory Uken, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, John Sisko, Matt Valdez, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Andy Joyce, Anthony Goulas, Kyle Starr, Kylie Knox, Dan Flanagan, Sasan, Rob Rickman, Hank Patton, Adam Denby, Cheesy Bob, Scooby Diesel, Jonathan Talbert, Victor Valenzuela, Matt Bradley, Chris Zacharias, Will with 1L Harris, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jonathan Putney, Mark Gowland, Jimmy Radcliffe, Malcolm King, Dan Palmino, Scott Hughes, Ben, Kevin Brazel, Stu Goss, Nate, Zachary White, Jenny, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer, Yick, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, The Spiceman Silencer, Soren Silk, Travis, Mike Lombardo, Michael Buck, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Peter Olberg, Jad, Josh Peak, Christian Bravery, Taylor Wigert, Octavian Ratsiu, and Jason Novak. Thanks to all of you for filling our stockings this holiday season. All right. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week to ring in 2023. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.